Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome to the Tuesday Night's Triumph Over Targeting Podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Tonight we will be discussing technology, tactics behind targeting, activism, shielding, and support. And we also have a very special guest. Um, again, thank you so much for coming on the call. And uh, her name is Deb Jordan, and she's the one joining us right now. Deb is Pete Santilli's co-host, segment producer, and girlfriend. And, um, yeah, again, welcome to the call. And for the people listening who aren't familiar with Pete Santilli or yourself, maybe you can go into a little bit about who you are and, um, you know, maybe how Pete got into being a reporter and then we can move on to him being in jail and these trumped-up charges and what's going on with that. So I'll go ahead and turn the floor over to you and go right ahead. Okay, terrific. Um, Well, um, my name is Deb Jordan, and um, Pete Santilli and I started broadcasting in December of uh, 2011, and, um, you know, we we started out with just, it was a little show called The Overthrow Show, and I think we started out with, like, maybe 27 listeners, and then um, it just kind of grew through the years, and then a couple of years into it, we changed the name of the show to The Pete Santilli Show, and uh, then it really started taking off, and we started uh, growing as a, you know, as a, um, as a pretty reputable uh, place to, you know, for, for, and being an advocate for um, the folks out there who don't have a voice. And uh, we would bring, we were, we were getting great guests and we were bringing all kinds of people on the show that were just everyday people who were, um, you know, caught up in, in this whole, um, you know, government uh, targeting and and tyranny, and uh, you know, it just became a very successful uh, radio show over the years. And then um, we became advocates for um, the land issues out here in the West, and we traveled to Oregon last January. Um, and while we were there, uh, a, an occupation happened. And uh, we weren't aware of it before we left that these guys were going to be doing that. But, you know, once they did it, we stayed to cover it. And and it resulted in Pete being arrested and spending eight months in uh, jail, threatened with prison. And uh, so um, the day before the trial, they dismissed the, the case against Pete. And then Nevada stepped in and uh, because they had an indictment for his arrest in, um, here in Nevada over the Bundy Ranch. So he's, since September, uh, since he had his charges dismissed in Oregon, he's been in, in prison in, uh, here in Nevada. So um, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're a couple of months away from the trial beginning here in, 
in uh, Nevada, and it's so much different than it was in um, in Oregon. So, you know, we're having a tough time, but we are uh, we're going to make it, and we fully expect for you know all of these guys here in Nevada to be found not guilty. That's what we're hoping. And can I ask you, like, how did you guys find out about the Bundy protest? How how did he become involved? Was there a call into the to the radio show? So I'm just curious about that. Our producer came to us one day with a uh, with a story that she had found that was written by an independent journalist named Susan DeClos, and um, it was about this rancher in Nevada who was surrounded by, you know, federal. Uh, the Bureau of uh, the Bureau of Land Management, and that they had snipers and and they were keeping you know this family uh, pretty much locked down, um, and that they and they were going to um, they were going to seize the cattle, and uh, you know so when Pete and I read the story, we you know we were like wow you know this is kind of strange because we had never thought about or read about land issues in the West before. And so our producer said, um, what do you think? Should I get this man named Clive and Bundy on the show? And uh, he was like, I don't know, you know, well, I don't know if people will really be interested in cows. I don't, I don't know. Any, and he did say, I don't know if people would be interested in cows. It was so funny. But uh, thinking back on it now, but um, he said, you know, I don't know anything about the land issues. So, she kind of let him sit with it for a day, and and then she came back to him and said, you know, should I book this guy? And um, you know, he said, well, you know, if you think if you think that people will be interested in this, then yeah, go ahead and book him. So she booked him for the following day, and that was that was on April the eighth, and um, of 2014, Mr. Bundy came on our show. He had a hair-raising tale to tell. And you know we were uh, we were like wow this is just incredible we could not believe that the United States government had uh, snipers trained on a family and that they had put up a free speech zone that they weren't allowed out of and that they had beaten up uh, you know this man's son and it was just an incredible interview and so after the interview was over Pete. He came to me and says, you know, do you think that uh, I should go to Bundy Ranch? And, you know, he said, I kind of would like to see if this guy's telling me the truth, you know, about this. I'd like to see for myself. And he was only three and a half hours away. So, you know, we were all in agreement. Yeah, you should go. You know, you should go to Bundy Ranch. So he packed everything up and um, he went there. And he found that what these, this family was telling him and what this man named Clive and Bundy was telling him was the absolute truth. Um, he met the family. He fell in love with the family. And, um, I mean, these were people who were just at their wit's end, you know. And, um, you know, he saw the helicopters and he saw the, uh, you know, the free speech zone and he saw Dave Bundy's face where they beat him. And... Uh, you know, so and he talked to the family and these young girls, Clive's young daughters, who mm-hmm. had had uh, snipers trained on them. Oh and my. you know, yeah, Pete said this man is telling me the truth. And at that point, Pete was the first reporter on the ground at Bundy Ranch, and 
he broadcast out onto a channel called Next News Network, and Adam Kokish covered it on Adam versus the Man. He went live on both of those shows, and um, you know, people started taking an interest in it, and they were like, "Wow, this is incredible! This is really happening," you know. And then um, Pete went to the family had decided that they were going to stage a protest where the BLM was coming in and out of the desert. And they suspected that the BLM was um, shooting their cattle, killing their cattle. And so they went up there to protest that and, you know, of course, to ask questions. When they got up there, the BLM was coming out of the desert and um, they they stopped and um, Pete started filming. And they tased Damon Bundy three or four times. They held a dog on a pregnant girl, one of Clive and Bundy's daughters. Um, they picked up his aunt, his sister, and threw her to the ground. And we got all of this on video. And um, we contacted our contacts at Fox News, Fox, um, I think it's uh, Fox and Friends, their morning show. We had a contact there. And uh, they said, yeah, send it to us, this video. So we sent Fox News the video, and they called us about two hours later and said that they wanted to air it, and the rest and the rest is history. Yeah, it's symbolism. You know, I'm here in Oregon myself, so I saw it all the time. Sometimes it was aired for hours at a time, and it was going on. I, before the shooting, I, I wasn't sure of the national interest, you know, because I'm here in Oregon. So I was uh-huh. not aware that this was such a big national you know, this was national news, um, not uh-huh. on the level that it was here in Oregon. Um, but I mean, right. I knew it, it once the shooting occurred that, you know, that it was getting out of hand and that, you know, it would be covered nationally. And I actually didn't hear a lot of the things you're telling me. You know, I don't know if it was intentional. They were just hiding it from us. You know, they don't want to ever show uh-huh. the government behaving badly. So, right. you know, on this mainstream news that I was watching, I didn't catch a lot of what you just told me, you know, so. Right. Well, what I just told you was, what happened in Nevada at the Bundy Ranch and how Pete met the Bundys and how he got involved with them. And and then, of course, just a few, a couple of years later, you know, we went to, we went to Oregon and, um, you know, to cover the rally. And um, these guys had decided that they, you know, that they were going to take, um, they were going to take their protest and be a little bit, a little bit more aggressive because the government just wasn't listening, and the Hammonds, right. um, Dwight and Steve Hammond, were getting ready to go to prison, and they thought that it was just wrong. They thought it was a terrible thing, you know. So obviously, to any normal person, and the, and just the constitutional issues as well. Right. Oh my goodness, they have broken so many constitutional laws that I mean, it's it's really scary that in the United States of America, this is what it's getting to, you know. This is what we're coming to. Um, since all of this has happened, uh, you know, I mean, I've been put on the chair watch list. They shut down, the government shut down our business accounts. Um, you know, I can't, I can't, I haven't tried to fly. I've had friends who have tried to fly, and it's just a nightmare when they do. And, um, you know, they tapped my phone. No doubt they're listening to this. Hello, FBI. Yeah, I um, 
you know, it's going to inform you. I'm like, your phone's clicking, you're getting recorded. You might have to zero your phone out often or something yeah. like that or get one of those burner right. phones. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm being surveilled, um, you know, everywhere I go, I'm being surveilled. And, and you know, you just, you don't ever get used to it. A lot of people say, well, you get used to this, and then, you know, you don't even pay any attention to it anymore. I never do. I never get used to it. And it's just really, it's just really horrifying. You know, you turn around and you're always wondering who this person is staring at you over in the corner, you know. At this point, uh, you're, you're wondering. At this point, Deb, you're technically a targeted individual. This is what we deal with. Yes. Stalking, the contracted stalking, the surveillance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's different yes. levels of it, of course. But yeah, you're technically a right. targeted individual now. Yeah, so. I'm very targeted. Um, you know, I never know. I try not to be paranoid about it. You know, and and I try not to change the person I am on the inside. But you can't hardly help it. You know, when, you know, new people come around, or strangers, people that you don't know, or people, you know, contact you um, on Facebook or the Internet that you don't know, and even your old friends, people who've been around you for a long time, you question them. You question what their motives are. You, you wonder children. about that. You gave me mm-hmm. chills. I'm so sorry you have to go through this and join our uh, club. You know, most there are a lot of targeted <laughs> right. individuals on this call, and we relate to you 100%. We have some tactics, too, we could probably help you with, you know, because a lot of <laughs> right. for years. And I'm so right. sorry it does change you, but this is justifiable paranoia. And when I contacted you, you were very careful, you know, and I mentioned yes. Ken Rhodes, and you, I'm sure you figured out it was a targeted person, and just how yes. we support, we're, we're appreciative that he spent like around a hundred hours, you know, covering our topic, and and that he takes the yes. risk that other that other reporters don't, you know, and That's he, right. you know, and he gave a very good um, interviews, you know, when he interviewed Amy Anderson, and um, yes. you know, and he had the eight hour show. That one I didn't see, but I heard about it, and so. Great. You know, yeah. we appreciate that about him that he went on on a limb when a lot of people don't do that. You know, um, you know, but as you know, as we talk a little bit, you know, or even one on one, we can give you some tactics that sometimes work as far as the people following you and different things uh-huh. like that. And um, there are some tactics, and we've all been doing that for 13 years. I've been dealing with this, so um, a lot of us have right. input. And um, but I didn't learn as much until I found a community. You know, but um, you know, it is a, it's a mm-hmm. government terror watch list. You know, just talking to. Um, James Wellman today, and he's somebody who went to court, and he knows so much about this, and he gave me such insight to how the, how these government terror watch lists work. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, true, you try to fly on a plane, and you're, you're stopped, and, you know, it's very difficult. And it is unnerving. You never do get used to it, and do hang on mm-hmm. to who you are. You know, you really do have right. to hang on to who you are and be cautious. And, you know, I appreciate mm-hmm. that you were cautious with me even, and, um, you know, and even... Um, Knowles, I think his name is Doug Knowles. He was very cautious with me, you know, at first. Yes. You know, but he realized, <laughs> right. you know, who I have on the call, and I don't know if you've ever had a chance to speak to him personally. I think you contacted, he contacted you through Facebook as Spencer Carter, and he's the man behind this. He had this idea, and I'm going to turn it over to him, and um, he can tell okay. you a little bit about this. And he had great idea. He's a brilliant man. He had great ideas why he was rallying in this location, what he wants to do, and he's, you know, devoted unbelievable amount of hours and some, you know, money. He really cares about this issue and he really appreciates what Pete did. Um, so, Spencer, okay. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Okay. Hey, Deb. Uh, this is Spencer. Uh-huh. It's Spencer. nice to finally speak to you. And how are you? 
I'm doing well. And uh, you Good. summed it up nicely. Pete is definitely the voice of kind of the small people, the forgotten people, the repressed mm-hmm. people, the people right. suffering under uh, the crimes of the deep state that you don't hear about in the mainstream media. You know, it ranges right. from land rights issues in Nevada to targeted individual programs. And yes. that's how I found out about him, and that's how I became a fan of Pete. You know, he he's uh, produced dozens of episodes exposing the human rights violations carried out against uh, targeted individuals. And I've, I've listed those on um, uh, the website we're using to organize the rally for Pete at uh, freedomsos.com slash Pete. So I hope all uh, targeted individuals listening to this realize that we kind of owe a debt of gratitude to Pete for the countless hours of airtime he has dedicated to exposing the human rights violations carried out against us. You know, his shows on targeted individuals have reached hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, most notably the eight-hour uh, Freedom Livecast, and he's certainly a legitimate journalist. Uh, his uh, news broadcast total 1,100 episodes, 1,100 episodes, which span mm-hmm. over four years. Uh, more than 70,000 yeah. people subscribe to his channel, and he has amassed in excess of 23 million cumulative views. Uh, so he's definitely a journalist, and he's definitely, uh, you know, his heart's in the right place. None of us are perfect, but he's fighting for, you know, uh, you know, America, and he's one of the good guys. So I want this rally to be a success. Uh, I want it to be kind of a capstone to the year 2016, and I want people to um, know that there's a journalist in jail without bail for nearly a year for basically um, – just doing what journalists uh, do. Uh, for the sake of comparison, consider what's been going on recently in America. The mainstream media has been fixated on the massive protests and rallies surrounding the election of Donald Trump. Streets have been yeah. blocked. Violence has broken out. And all sorts of chaos has ensued. Uh, I mention this because um, what defense attorney isn't going to paint what the Bundys did as a smaller, tamer, and more rural version of what's happening on a daily basis as we talk about this. And right. who's not yeah. and who's not going to paint Pete Santilli's arrest as the equivalent of a reporter from CNN covering these massive anti Trump demonstrations being arrested for making a pro Clinton comment while on the scene. It's like arresting Rachel Maddow for covering the uh, anti-Trump protest because she's a Clinton supporter. It's it's right. a very, very dangerous president, uh, not just for, you know, supporters of targeted individuals, but for all Americans and all journalists and all people who realize the importance of the Constitution and protecting our liberties. Yeah, and there really is an issue going on with journalists right now. It's getting pretty scary. You know, we're really... You know, the freedom of speech is really being squelched, and we all know that firsthand. So this is a big issue. This is just, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there's people getting locked up for doing the right thing. 
and I, I'm so familiar with this because I work with other whistleblowers um, that that aren't targeted, but you know, are targets of the government at this point. There's, you know, so um, it's 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 really quite extraordinary, and we have to do something about it, and we have to take a stand on this issue for the sake of all journalists. Um, how would you define a journalist? That was a question in the chat. Do you want to answer that, Spencer? Um, a journalist is what a journalist does, but you know that's not really a um, widely accepted answer. Uh, I mean, I, I cited Pete's statistics. You know, he has seventy thousand people subscribing to his channel. He has over twenty-three million cumulative views, and he's been doing this for over four years, and he's broadcast over a thousand episodes. So, sharing the news. That's, that's that's a de like a reporter. They're reporting yeah. news, important news that needs to be covered, and speaking up for people, you know, groups and people that aren't don't have a voice. And I think that's very important, especially like these investigative journalists and people that go out on a limb and you know take the chances. You know, um, I, those are our people. You know, and so I think this is very important, and we really need to look out for any journalists that of this vein. Yeah, even if is uh, detractors define him as a journalist from, you know, nonprofit groups, the Fox News, they refer to Pete as a journalist. Uh, so uh, he's definitely a journalist. That's that's not up for uh, in uh, yeah. charge with these vague conspiracy charges, which are based on words. And in my opinion, mm -hmm. it's just retaliation for the brave work he's done in exposing the crimes of the deep state, for exposing issues like the targeted individual program. I think he's being harassed and retaliated against for his bravery in discussing these subjects. And that's why they're doing this to him. Yeah, I mean, that's what I agree to. I mean, you know, he covers topics the government doesn't want covered. You know, it's that simple. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, I'm not. I'm not against the government as a whole. I'd say 90 percent, the vast majority, don't really know about these illegal programs like the targeted individual program. But you know, the power elite within the deep state who do know about this, who are kind of pulling the strings behind the curtain, definitely are retaliating against them for exposing these mm -hmm. crimes to them. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the journalist. Um, and the press, which is what Pete is part of, um, they're the only protected uh, occupation that is mentioned in the in the United States Constitution. It's that important, and um, the founding fathers knew that it was important, and and they knew that it was going to be important to uh, maintain our liberty, right, and our sovereignty, and to remain a republic, and you know. You're right, it is getting scary out there. Uh, journalists are getting arrested, um, even at the even on the left. They're not even you know, of course they're letting them they're arresting them and letting them go. They're not holding them without bail because they have high powered attorneys. But but they're still getting arrested. And and our government is you're right, they're they're going down this slippery slope of of, you know, who's a journalist, who isn't, what's news, what's fake news. And what's really sad about it is Mark Zuckerberg, on Facebook, the owner of Facebook, gets to, at this point, determine what's real news and what isn't in this country. They just announced that last week. 
And it's like, wow, you know, we're really going to go down that, we're really going to go down that, that um, slippery slope where, you know, we let our government and we let uh, news aggregators like Facebook uh, tell us, you know, what's real or what isn't real. We, the American people, are no longer allowed to discern for ourselves, just like we're not allowed to discern, you know. I mean, you know, we can't even we can't even fly without being patted down anymore or get on a train or a bus or, you know, we're being surveilled from the moment we get up in the morning until we go to bed at night. We're being surveilled. So more and more of our liberties are being taken away from us, you know, and they really do need to uh, quash uh, people like C. Santilli because he does give the, you know, the, the, the little guy a voice, you know, the, the guy that nobody would ever have heard of or heard from if it weren't for journalists like Pete Santella. Yeah, hold on yeah I agree. I'm going to try and weed out the noise, the echo. Hold on, it's going to take me two seconds. I hate that it disrupts the flow of the conversation, but okay, let me unmute you guys again. Sorry for, the, for that break there. We just had to kind of weed out that noise. Okay. Okay, continue on, Deb. Deb? Did we lose her? Spencer, can you hear me? No. Hmm. Okay, so hold on, Deb. I'm going to try and figure out what's going on. I can hear you, Ella. Okay. Can you hear me, Deb? For whatever reason, they show unmuted. Um, We're going to have to find a different venue to record these. Uh, Can you hear me, Spencer? Oh, my goodness. Let me try it one more time. Mute. Trying to weed out Packers, guys. Can you hear me now, Spencer? Spencer? I would hate to cut it short. Deb? I hear someone Hello, this is Derek. You keep unmuting me. I'm in Southwest Ohio. That's you. Okay, hold on. So there's... Maybe I'm unmuting the wrong people. Okay, so Deb, if you can hear me, hit star eight, and then um, I'll unmute the correct person. All right, Uh, you just unmuted me, Ella. Okay, great. This is Spencer. Deb, are you on the line yet? I don't see Ohio. She got dropped. Just hit star eight on your phone. Do you see her on the board, Spencer? Um, is she, uh, uh, she's just a caller, I guess, from Ohio, I take it? Yeah, and then I was unmuting. Um, hmm. Okay, I see Southwest Ohio. That's uh, Derek, I guess, and... Um, 
it was at the bottom, but then um, you know people came in after the fact. I thought she called in under Ohio. Let me text her see if she can get back on. If she can't get back on, we'll just continue on. Um, do you use a headset, Ella, when you're listening, or do you just speak into a hard uh, a landline or a your speakerphone yes. or? I speak into a speakerphone, um, or I use my headset for my um, cell phone. But they're, you know, the remote access thing drives me crazy. They just will, you know, end the call. So um, I could actually see it yeah. now, you know, because I see the remote yeah. access. Phone. I, I, I think what Derek does, he just uh, he mutes the whole room, then he just unmutes one by one. If there's if an echo starts to really be a problem. Yeah. Okay, there she is. Oh no, that's not her. Okay. Yep. If you're on the call, um, let me see. We'll give her a couple minutes. Southeast Arizona, you're unmuted. Southeast Arizona. Yeah. Oh, was that her? Wait. Hi. Hi. Southeast Arizona. I think that's her. Um. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, thanks for unmuting me. Okay, we're just waiting for Deb to call back. Okay. She might be having issues calling in, too. Well, she did get most of her story out, which is great, and then hopefully she can join us again. Um, so uh, it's nice to hear her perspective. It makes it more real to me, you know, to hear what she has to go through. And, um, you know, I'm going to take some of the advice you guys have given me and I'm passing on to her to help her cope with this targeting. Yeah, she great. She gave a, a great overview. Um, uh, if and when, hopefully, she gets back on, we just need to drill down into some practical details regarding the upcoming demonstration uh, because she's there in Nevada a lot of the time, so uh, she can give us some guidance on the people we need to reach out to, the press organizations we need to get on our side, and uh, the challenges she's facing. Because at the beginning of her speech, she said there's different challenges in Nevada than she faced in Oregon, so we need to know the pros and the cons and the strategies, et cetera. So she covered the... Uh, the general themes, and that was very interesting and very good. But uh, we need to uh, uh, focus on, on some uh, practical strategy-based uh, questions if and when she gets back on. Yeah, I texted her. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to mute and call her, and, um, so hold on, Spencer. Okay.
Well, her line keeps going to voicemail, so I'm sure she's trying to call back. Or she's not on the board. Maybe I can't see her. Board does funny things. Darn it. She just may be there, and I can't see her. Was she listed as Ohio earlier? Yeah, I believe so. So she, let's see. And the only Ohio on there is Derek. So, Deb, if you're on the call, just star eight. They could be blocking her, too, so I can't see her because, her, you know, her voice, like I said, her, it's going straight to voicemail, which makes me think she's here or trying to get back on. Okay. Um, well, and then um, about 7.15 or so, we're going to have Dave Emery come on the call, and he can, I thought he was wonderful. I heard him on Derek's call and thought he was so intelligent and so helpful, and so I've invited him to come on tonight. And, um, you know, it's hard because he had, you know, he set it up on the webinar, which is wonderful because you can see what's going on, but I thought he'd be a great person to follow up and ask some questions to, regardless. So he's got to take me down the webinar, you know, pathway. He's got to teach me how to use that. Doesn't seem too complicated. Do so anybody want to join the conversation until we hear from Deb? The star eight, and you can join in. Yeah, I'd like to give a Thomas Jefferson quote. Um, it kind of relates to what Deb was saying, and it goes: If once the people become inattentive to the public affairs, mm-hmm. you and I, and Congress and assemblies judges and governors shall all become wolves it seems to be the law of human nature in spite of individual exceptions so that's why we need a free press that's why we need awareness because uh you know no matter how good a person may be if there aren't checks if there's not accountability they have the ability to turn into despots. And that's what's going on with this new stealth weaponry that's afflicting us. Well, thank you for that quote. That sums it up nicely. That's a great quote. I've never seen that one. California, I've unmuted you. Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, did you guys, I know it's kind of off topic, but we were talking about, um, you know, the whole, well, I had gotten a feed about, uh, the WikiLeaks, um, uh, I, I forget his name, uh, I guess he was reporting. Juliana Assange, that you're talking about? What's that? Juliana Assange? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. I was just, uh kind of wondering if anyone else had heard anything, you know, that in fact he was missing or possibly. Mm. I don't think that's off topic at all. You know, that's another person who uh, is really going through a lot trying to get the truth out. Yeah, he absolutely sacrificed a lot knowing that his life was in jeopardy, knowing the, the huge ramifications of what he was giving up his own possibly life, his personal freedom. And so, um, yeah, I was just wondering if anyone else had heard anything or any links that, um, you know, it could be fluff, but I don't know, you know, I just, that if you guys could just say, you know, at your own time, you know, maybe a, a quick prayer of protection because he was one of the, the people who were willing to risk it, risk it all for us. 
I don't know too much about it. Have you heard anything? I was paying attention, and then I got sidetracked into some other things. Have you heard anything, Spencer? Uh, no, I have not. Still looking for. I'm going to go ahead and mute and unmute again because it's, uh, my board's doing something strange. Hold on. I hope I'm doing the right Texas. Is this you, Spencer? Nope. You just. Oh, here you are. Is this Spencer? Nope. We star eight, Spencer. We've got a few Texas. Texans. Looking for Spencer. There you are. Hi. Sorry about that. I thought it might help with that. Okay, got me. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she comes back on because, uh, you know, I'd like to just discuss practical strategies because she's been on the ground in Nevada. So she summed up the overall bigger picture for us very nicely. And um, that gave us a good 30 minute intro, which made the podcast uh, uh, get off to a great start. And I'd like to, uh, you know, follow up with just some advice on how we can handle our activism uh, from a practical standpoint on December 9th. Yeah. Worst case scenario, if she's not able to make it back on, because it sounds like she's been trying to call, I keep getting the voicemail, um, me, you, and her can have, like, a, a conference call maybe, and we can try to figure things out. But we'll do it free from talk to you. We'll just do, like, you know, a party call. Yeah. Well, tell her, you know, not to freak out. I mean, she can call in. Your calls usually run for an hour or two. So uh, if she's having technical difficulties, just... Uh, you know, reboot and uh, get back on. Writing, I was uh, texting, reboot your phone. (laughs) So tell her not to freak out. She's not, um, you know, causing uh, big disruption. We're we're used to it. Are there any other people uh, on the call that are planning to go to Nevada for the demonstration or that live in Nevada or in Arizona, Utah, or Southern California that could make a day trip out of it or anywhere in the U.S. really? You could make a long weekend out of it. Uh, You know, it's a good excuse to go to Vegas for a long weekend. Uh, Rooms are cheap this time of the year and... uh, you know, there's plenty of concerts, plenty of shows. You've got the, you know, all the David Copperfield shows and the Cirque du Soleil, and uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, big names playing concerts around them. Tim Tim McGraw is playing that night. You know, so uh, even if you aren't from the region, uh, consider showing up and uh, uh, demonstrating for a good cause during the day, and then enjoying. Uh, nice vacation in the evening. And as I mentioned, uh, uh, hotel rates are very reasonable this time of the year. And the uh, the federal courthouse is actually located in this new 
uh, tech district that Tony Shea, the billionaire founder of Zappos, is redeveloping to be a mini Silicon Valley. So there's all these co-working labs and hostels in the area, like international backpacker hostels, where you can get dorm beds for like, I mean, it was $15 a night last time I traveled through, maybe like $20 a night. Uh, it's a cool area. And, uh, you know, a lot of these people are working on um, augmented reality stuff and tech startups, and they'd uh, probably be very interested in hearing about the technology that's afflicting us and the potential to commercialize it. So mm-hmm. you get uh, multiple purposes out of the uh, uh, the trip you took to Vegas, not only, uh, you know, the protests, which would, you know, serve all humanity, but, you know, professionally and recreationally, it'd be a good idea for anyone to strongly consider uh, going to Vegas for uh, a, a long day trip or a long weekend. Have you gotten in touch with Steve that had a big lawsuit in Las Vegas one time? I don't remember the last name. And then there were a whole group of people that used to meet there. Have you gotten in touch with those people to join you and help you? Uh, Derek said he's going to connect me with those people and email me um, their uh, emails. And so I'm going to follow up with him and remind him uh, to do that. Uh, He's been busy. So... um, I, uh, you know, we still got almost two weeks before the meetup, but yeah, that's definitely uh, at the top of my to-do list. So I'm going to follow up with Derek tomorrow. Uh, you know, he's busy with a lot of stuff, and he, but he said he'd uh, get that information to me. So I'll be touching base with those people shortly soon. No, I'll remember that name, Steve. We can just open up for a little general discussion. Um, either Deb's going to come back on, and if she doesn't, you know, Spencer and I, you know, we'll get on a call tomorrow with her. And then um, Dave Emery should be here relatively soon. Might be him now. Well, while we're waiting, we, we could go on to some other things maybe, Ella. One thing I'd like to bring up, were you on the call last night? Did you hear everybody that talked at the beginning of Derek's program? Uh, no, I didn't hear the open discussion. I kind of got laid into the call. You know that guy that comes on during the week and he comes on almost every single night and he's going to get certified to do this and do that and do this and do that. And well, he came on and just talked real fast incessantly and Dirk, I guess being nice, wouldn't mute him out. Why, I don't know. His mouth got really dirty and he kept saying, I got to go eat and you know, all this stuff. It was awful. And I couldn't, I was muted out. I couldn't get Derek to mute him out. I think it's past time that you and Derek and everybody just told him to go and be muted out because his conversation last night was absolutely rotten and nasty. Derek, I think, called him Mike, but I think that's wrong. I think it's Al. You know who I'm talking about. He comes on everybody's call and talks and talks and talks and doesn't say much of anything. Um, yeah, Spencer. I mean, that's uh, that's Al from Washington. He's okay. I like him. 
No, he's not okay. His mouth is filthy and gross, and he comes in and talks and talks and says nothing every single night and wastes 30 minutes for everybody. And his conversation last night was absolutely inexcusable. It should never be allowed on another call. Well, you know, that maybe he was having a bad night. It was beyond filthy. We all have our bad nights, Alice. No, it's not a bad night. Stop using my name, Ella. Don't do it. You've been told. I'll call Derek tomorrow and discuss it with him. But I've talked with a few other people that were on the telephone call, and, and, you know, it's just it's bad for us. It's bad for everybody. This is one of the things that moderators we always have to watch for, which makes it a job, is when people are making false promises. So watching him over a period of a couple of years, coming on and saying he could get really big corporate money and oh okay i see what you're saying you would know reason. better than me since i'm kind of it never happened it might be just a lot of talk that's killing time and no action and yeah some people want to feel important but some people are a purposeful diversion i'm not sure which he's a perk he's obviously a perk get it through your head i mean guys how long does it take you to judge I mean, you're smart enough I'm to know what you're doing. I mean, stop interrupting, please. You know what? I'm not, not going to abuse, abuse somebody else. I'm not tolerating it. I refuse to. You can abuse everybody. I'm not putting up with it. I don't. You know, I do draw the line when you're being cruel. Thank you. Hey, Ella, mm-hmm. can I ask a question? This is Dawn. Hi. Hi, Dawn. Hi. Hey, um, what were the charges against Pete? What well, exactly once in Oregon, he was accused of conspiring to impede federal employees from doing their work. That was in Oregon. I can't say what's going on. Um, I don't know the charges um, for. Um, I don't know the charges for. Nevada. Um, um, yeah, I don't. You know, I was going to ask her about that actually. Spencer, do you know what the charges were? Uh, it's the same thing, just conspiracy stuff. Just, you know, they're saying because he was a journalist, they're covering the events. You know, he was part of the conspiracy to impede government operations. So uh, I, in my opinion, I think it's just retaliation by, you know. The freedom of the press didn't apply to him in this situation. I think he had a gun in his glove box, and I don't think it was loaded. So, okay. Deb made it back on, guys. Here she is. Hi, Deb. Hey, hey guys. Sorry, my phone is my phone is doing something really weird. So, I'll try to stay with you guys as long as I can. If I if I cut out, I'll um I'll call you back. But I'm in a I'm in a place where I don't have very good reception. So I apologize for that. No worries. It happens. We totally understand. So to get back, what we were just. Um, you know, Spencer did want to work things out because we want it to be the best rally we can. Um, so, um, Spencer, do you want to continue with some questions or, you know, do you want to continue your discussion with Deb? Uh, yeah, I, I'd just like Deb to speak more on the challenges she's facing on in Nevada, the strategies uh, they have in that state, and uh, any advice she might have on how we can make our rally a success and what groups we should try to reach out to and what, you know, newspapers, et cetera, that might be supportive of us. I know that's a lot of uh, topics to touch upon, <laughs> but uh, just right. uh, do what you can. 
Well, the um, the challenges that we're facing as far as rallies and things like that go are that people are losing interest. And and you would think that, uh, you know, that that's not possible. But but they are. Um, and I think the government planned it exactly this way so that people would lose interest. Uh, you know, it was a long, hard battle in Oregon. Uh, Pete's case was dismissed first, and then the rest of them went on to an acquittal. And, you know, now they've got um, this big trial happening here in Nevada. Uh, the next round is going to happen in the in Oregon at the same time. And, it, you know, people are just, I think people are just worn out. You know, they're just worn out. And, uh, you know, we um, we see people, the holidays are here, right? So uh, the the added extra burden on everyone is just amazing. Um, as far as the rally goes, are are you guys planning to do an on-site rally or an intranet? Uh, we're cyber planning. Rally? We're planning both. We're you know encouraging as many people as possible that are in the area uh-huh. to come out there and peacefully demonstrate for Pete. And uh-huh. uh, you know, even if you aren't in the area, I'm encouraging them to use it as an excuse for a long weekend in Vegas and, you know, spend that <laughs> one day showing some support for Pete. Right. Uh, why not? Uh, rooms yeah, are cheap this time of the year. Um, but I'm also compiling a email and, you know, Twitter handle list for people who just can't make it at all. So we're going to uh-huh. be doing uh, online outreach as well and Twitter ads oh, that's and awesome. Facebook ads and email campaigns. Right. You know, Deb, is yeah, yeah, yeah. one thing we were talking about right when you, we had this issue with the, with the sound and you getting dropped, uh, we were talking about Facebook. So Spencer and I were trying to post people and contact Pete supporters and let them know about the rally, and he got blocked yeah. for so Are you still blocked till the 12th? Is that true, Spencer? Or did you work your way around it? Uh, yeah, yeah. They blocked me from posting in groups until the 11th of uh, December. <laughs> which is two days after the rally, it's okay. uh, which is okay. yeah, weird. Yeah, I was able to send out about 100 or so um, invites, um, um, people that were on, you know, that were peace supporters on different Pete pages. So, But then they did, you know, they blocked me two days in a row. So I don't, it's really unbelievable what's going on with Facebook. And sometimes we'll make posts that are related to, you know, topics such as ours, and they, they don't uh-huh. post them, they block them. It's, it's unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've I've had that happen to me in the last couple of weeks. I will share something or post something. I can see it, but nobody else can. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's very frustrating. You know. So, so I guess my biggest advice, just my biggest advice to everyone would, my best advice to everyone would be just keep uh, plugging away at it. And keep inviting people, keep reminding people, and keep Pete and these guys um, out in the forefront on Facebook. We just kind of force it on them, you know? It's the only thing that we can do, really. You know, we just keep, we just keep, um, we just keep forcing them to remember that these guys are, you know, these guys are in jail and they're facing the fight of their life. And they need support, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are you on the uh, ground in Nevada? Are you? I am. Or do you trap? Oh, you are. You're in Nevada. Okay, great. I am. So, I mean, mm-hmm. can you share the event postings we've made with the local uh, Nevada uh, activists and the Bundy crew and everything? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. Because the dates yeah, so don't I was conflict. Post the community section, Deb, on um, when it gets closer to it and get people to come down and rally. Maybe some of the colleges, you know, that, you know, that's the mm-hmm. age that really are active and want to get involved. And then also maybe take an ad out in one of the papers, you know, do something like that. That would be great. That would be, great. That would be fantastic. And I've talked to the guys a lot, and, and what they said that, you know, what they'd like to see are people actually downtown across from the courthouse and across from Stephen Myrie, uh, his office, reminding them that these guys, you know, that they have support here, you know, that people haven't forgotten them and that, that they are supported. So, you know, I mean, it's so important because so far the judge and the prosecution in this case have been able to do whatever they want. I mean, there's just been no repercussion for anything that they've done. No accountability. No, none. I agree. Uh, Yeah, our our meetup's scheduled uh, for the Federal Justice Tower, which is right next to the courthouse. You need a permit if you're going to protest on the courthouse steps, but if you're protesting, you know, in the plaza and the sidewalks, that's perfectly legal. I've checked with the ACLU. And so that's fine. And the Federal Justice Tower is where all the prosecutors are located. That's where the U.S. Uh Attorney and the Assistant U.S. Attorneys that are pressing these charges and have the ability to drop these charges against Pete are located. So, you know, it's all in the same district. It's on the strip right between, you know, the casinos and the Fremont District. It's where it's kind of the cool up-and-coming tech area. And, uh-huh. you know, the, basically we just need to show support for Pete and let and encourage them to follow the lead of the Oregon court and to follow the constitutional analysis of the ACLU. You know, the ACLU right. doesn't uh, uh, subscribe to all of Pete's politics, but they understand the importance of upholding the freedom of the press. So we need to encourage right. these prosecutors in Nevada to follow the lead of the Oregon court and dismiss these charges against Pete. Because he's a That's journalist right. and he's a good man. Yes, he. Um, we had the backing of the ACLU in Oregon, and here in Nevada, we've yet to hear from from that group here in Nevada. So uh, we also need to call them and encourage them to to do the same that they did in Oregon for Pete. You know, me and Spencer um, on that. We actually, I think we came up with that idea last night, or somebody did. So we appreciate that. So we definitely. Mm-hmm. Contact with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm a member. You know, it helps to be members of these places. They listen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly does. Well, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing, and you know, it means so much. And it means so much to Pete, and it means so much to Am and Ryan Bundy, and all the other guys. Because right now, you know, they um, they are being they're just being uh, railroaded. There's no better word for it. They're just being steamrolled, railroaded. This judge, you know, there are some of these guys that are in jail right now that have never seen her. They've never been in her court yet. She is, um, 
They're hiding all of their discovery. They're not allowing these guys to every motion that their attorneys have made, every single motion she has turned down, every single one of them. She she will not allow them to have a hear uh, to be present when the prosecution, um, you know, files his motion, right? They can't even they can't even face their accusers here in Nevada. And so all of the attorneys that we're talking to that are on this case are telling us they've never, in all of their years of practicing law, they have never seen anything like this, ever. And they've prosecuted some big cases here in Nevada, you know? And they've never seen anything like it. Well, that should be telling us as Americans, that should be telling us something, that this is a fixed court, and they're getting ready to send these guys to prison for 94 years for something they didn't do. And they don't want the, the American public to see it. They don't, want us, they don't want the American public to know about it. So they're keeping it under wraps. And it's just horrifying. I, I, I'm not afraid to tell you all that, you know, it scares the heck out of me. It really you know, does. Um, I think, you know, it's good to take that view because it it spurs you on to fight for his cause, but they could also be doing it because they know that what they're doing is unconstitutional and they know that 90% of the people in their districts disagree with them and support what our beliefs are. And they know Uh that with this administration change coming up, that new attorney generalists, new attorney generals, new district attorneys in the federal districts are going to be appointed. And that's all going to happen in February when the trial is scheduled. So I think they could just be stalling and waiting to push the buck under the next group and just keep it Uh quiet so they can just, you know, basically then just dismiss the charges. So I think you could also take the other view of a very optimistic view. But either either way, whether you want to view it as the worst case scenario or the best case scenario, right. we need to we need to fight it like it's you know you know we need to peacefully fight it like it's um, you know like his freedom depends on it. So um, that mm-hmm. um, that's what we're going to do uh, by raising awareness and uh, peacefully uh, protesting on December 9th in front of that uh, in front of the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office. Well, should we take maybe a couple of calls? Deb, do you mind taking a couple of calls from the listeners? Hello? Spencer, are you there? I'm still here. Uh-oh, she dropped again. They really don't want her speaking to us. That's weird. No, they don't. Her phone's not clicking, at least. It does work when you know when you take it, when you turn it off and reboot it and take the battery out. I kind of suggest what you do. Then the phone wasn't clicking anymore, at least for now. It must take a little bit for the phone to clone. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see, call your local ACLU. That's what I thought, too. There's some rec- oh, yeah. Um, Dr. Andrews was saying call your local ACLU office or mail your complaint to the local office using certified mail with return receipt. I agree. That's the way to do it these days. We all know that, you know, emails get um, taken all the time or get um, intercepted. So, 
Okay, guys, do you guys have any questions um, pertaining to these matters? Um, would you like to have a general discussion? Um, a civil one would be great. Um, um, I just want to, well, let's see if Dave's on yet. Dave Emery, um, can you start eight if you're on the call? I know he said he's going to be a little bit late. Yeah, so when it gets closer, Spence will talk about those other ideas. We'll implement those other ideas. Sorry, if you just want to have a general discussion. Sure. Hi. Who's call who's speaking? Hi, Ellen. It's Don. Hey, Don. Hey. I just wanted to comment on, you know, the whole thing that's happening with the court system there and when they said that it's kinda of scary. I it's it's beyond that for me because the I, I always figured that, you know, our last, our greatest hope is the fact that the things that are being done are carried out normally by law enforcement and government, and it's, you know, in the form of extrajudicial punishment. The courts just haven't caught up with this stuff yet and what's happening out there. But if this is, you know, now starting to, you know, you know weave its way into the court system where, you know, they're going to be part of the big ugly beast, um, then that would be like really super bad. So maybe it happens more in, in um, well, he's in Vegas. Is that what you're saying? You know, yes. where there's a lot of money and a lot of, of power, maybe people can just be bought. But the thought that there's a court now backing up the law enforcement side of it, it's, that's really deeply concerning. Because um, it was my understanding that for the most part, they're kind of still in the dark, or they just haven't, nobody's brought the matter in such a way to where that it becomes actionable um, for them. But what it tells me, though, they probably know that it's happening. You know what I'm saying? It's happening. At some point, somebody will bring a cause of action that will allow them to participate and maybe do something about it. Um, but if something like that doesn't happen soon enough, these things like what you're talking about here with Pete, and, you know, it sounds like maybe the court is kind of throwing in on, you know, railroading him and manipulating the system to the point where people are saying they've never seen anything like it. That's kind of our mantra, you know. I still wake up every day and go, oh, my God, you know, is this really happening? Um, so it's, I feel like there's a really huge sense of urgency to get everything together, you know, with the the project of the annals, if uh, Dr. Andrews is on the call, to continue to push forward with all that. And, of course, with Pete, too, because once he gets sprung, you know, maybe he would be, you know, a really great resource, you know, him and Deb, to be able to provide, the, you know, some of the media coverage that we might need. So um, I'd be happy to help. I, I don't think I can make it to Las Vegas, so... Um, but we certainly could write to them. Uh, in most cases, they, they let them get letters. They read them first, but they would allow them to receive mail. So I don't know if anybody wants to do that, just just to let them know that, you know, he's being thought of and he's not alone. Which jail is he in? He's in the Southern <laughs> Nevada Detention Center. Um, I'm posting uh, a link to his mailing address. 
okay. right now in the chat room. All right. Thanks. I mean, for the folks that can't get there, it doesn't take long to, you know, drop a, a letter in the mail and just say, hey, you know, thinking of you, because that would sure put a smile on yeah, my face. Yeah, that's important. It's the holiday season. He'd love to hear from the TI community. He's done a lot for us, so it's it'd be yeah. good and nice and proper for us to show gratitude for the uh, broadcast he's dedicated to exposing the human rights violations that are used against us on a daily basis. They've reached over hundreds hundreds of thousands of viewers, literally. Yeah, yeah. He really needs to know that he's not in this alone. It sounds like a lot of those guys need that. They need that support, not just Pete. I didn't re- I didn't even think about the other people that are locked up as well. So I might do a few calls, uh, not a few calls, a few letters myself. And you guys, you know, I think you know, we talk about shielding and how to feel better in this community. And honestly, the best thing you could do is think of another and help another person. I know we're all going through a lot, but when you focus on other people, it's 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 amazing what it does to your spirit. It really is the best medicine, you know. And I remember when I worked as a drug and alcohol counselor, you have to teach them to kind of get over themselves. And we're all caught in self-absorption because absorption because of what we're going through. And one of the things they do to free yourself is to focus on other people, be of service to the community. And it's easier said than done, I know, but if you just learn to power over that self-absorption and all the stuff we're going through and and how difficult it is, you know, and just take a little time and reach out. I'm telling you, it it just works miracles. At least it does for me. I can only speak for myself. But, um, you know, Spencer seems like that's going to bring him a lot of peace as well. And and plus, not to mention, it's going to make a difference. You know, that's what we're hoping. All this effort is going to make a difference. And just letting people know that we care. You know, I think that just really, really gives us a sense of optimism. You know, I really... I I can give so much credit to just being of service to other people, and I think that's part of my optimism. And Spencer, too, you're really optimistic. So I know a lot of us that give a lot um, or, you know, really try to reach out. You know, it seems like we're, you know, there's definitely a little more uh, sense of purpose, you know, because it's really tough. And you don't, and if you're too scared, or I understand, too, that you're having a hard time and you're scared to do something for TIs, you know, there's, you know, people in hospice, they need to be visited, you know, and that's what I used to do before I found the community. I knew that was the answer for me, and so I would sit in hospice with people that are, you know, they're in their last days and a little companionship. I'm telling you, you're going to feel so good. Um, and, you know, you can go to the dog kennel, and I don't mean to preach at all. I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you what works for me. You know, you can go to a dog kennel, walk dogs, you just sign up, you know, it's an easy thing, you know. So many things. There's a volunteer match online, um, you know, just maybe a couple of days a week if you're not working, because a lot of us aren't. I'm not working. Um, so that's just a little um, suggestion, you know. It's not advice. It's just a suggestion. So. Yeah, that's very good advice. Uh, you know, we're tormented daily with this directed energy weaponry, and you can get mad, you can lash out, you can engage in self-destructive behaviors, etc. But that's just going to hurt you in the long run, and that's what the perps want you to do. So this is what my advice to you, just engage in activism, whether it's sending out just one more tweet to one more congressman or engaging in the email and Twitter campaigns we're setting up to coincide with this Pete Santilli rally. Every tweet you send out and every email you send out and every phone call you make matters. You never know which phone call will be the, uh, the phone call that breaks the damn gates. 
and, um, you know, ends this program. So, you know, express your frustration through positive act- activism that helps our cause, you know. It's not illegal to uh, talk about this stuff. It's not um, – they can't commit you for talking about this stuff. The only way you can be committed is if you say you're uh, a harm to yourself or others, which none of us – well, I mean, I, I make that very clear that, you know, I'd never be a harm to myself or others. And then I quote the scientific studies that prove all the symptoms that are afflicting us are, you know, proven in peer-reviewed scientific studies to be caused by directed energy weapons. And a uh, researcher who exposed asbestos as a cancer-causing agent agrees with me. His name's Paul Brodeur. He published a book on it called The Zapping of Americans. So, you know, uh, as Ella said, you know, whether you want to volunteer or help your community, or, you know, just vent your frustration in positive ways, you know, and uh, especially when, when, when we're having these meetups, you know, send out emails, send out tweets, make phone calls, you know, that perps might make it hard for you, just power through it, because every little tweet you send to a journalist or a politician adds up, because, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of other people are doing it at the same time, and eventually the message will get out there. And, you know, there's some people that think, oh, this will never end. But guess what? MK Ultra ended. Guess what? Uh, Nazi Germany, you know, they were all powerful in 1941. Five years later, you know, they were all hanging by their necks in Nuremberg. Uh, you know, so things change, you know. So uh, just keep that in mind and uh, stay optimistic and, uh, you know, keep to your core values and express your uh, frustration through positive outlooks. Well said. Well put. Okay, so we'll open up the discussion. I show, like, people are raising their hands, but I can't see anybody. You know what I mean? I can't see it on the right-hand side. So if you have your hand raised, I'm so sorry. I'm not ignoring you. I can't see you. It just has a list of um, people on the right, um, and it doesn't show everybody sometimes. I'm even thinking about Thursday even trying the new um, venue. Um, I'm a little nervous about it because I don't know how to do it, and it doesn't have a chat room. I mean, it might. I think you have to pay for it, but um, it's a a thought just because it's becoming so difficult. With that said, Spencer, the rest of the call will be a piece of cake. (laughs) Every time I say it. It tends to work a little better, so we'll see. Okay, guys, yes, great. Or Dawn, are you there? Do you want to give any more input? Oh, no. I think what he said really um, kind of hit. You know, it hit home with me. We all have to do a little bit and keep doing it. But you know, thank you so much. Those constant reminders, you know, that you just put out there for me, that is really what keeps me going because I think one of the biggest things that that gets everybody down or just could get to you is feeling like um, it's hopeless, feeling like, um, you know, you're, I guess, hopeless. And that's why I'm going to say this. I don't want to expand on it too much. But just remembering that, you know, just like you said, those other programs, you know, it, it might have even been worse now or particularly what you were talking about in, in Nazi Germany, those things are, are over, you know, and, and you're right. People were hanging by their, their necks when all that happened. So all we have to do is continue to be, you know, we have to persevere and just remember that because 
Otherwise, you really can start feeling helpless, and that's when you sink into despair. But doing all those things, Ella, that you're talking about, you know, getting outside of yourself, I really believe you kind of hit the nail on the head. That's a really good therapeutic thing for you as well as what you're doing for somebody else. You'll reap a big reward from doing that. Thanks for sharing the, um, the comments about the, the positive things. Things turn around. They just turn around. They do. But it has always had. It hasn't happened without a fight, you know, without people getting hurt and things like that. And um, that's just the way that it is. I, I can't say that I would have picked this program. That's for sure to be in it. But um, now that I know that this is happening and the fact that, you know, there's, a, you know, a, an entire country full of people who don't even have a clue, it's a very strange thing to consider that, you know, an elite group of people in this country are exposed to something that, you know, that has been masterfully hidden for so long. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? To, to have that knowledge, and it's not like a, a ribbon or a badge or anything, but it's kind of, um, it's a very surreal thought, you know, and when I think about it like that, I sometimes I tell myself, well, you know, I think, you know, we all are, we all have our own paths that we have to walk, and, you know, we're all in this together, and maybe that's the reason for these things, you know. Somebody has to do it. Keep sitting in jail. Somebody has to be the voice for these, for, for our children and our grandchildren and our neighbors and everybody else before this evil just completely envelops the entire country. Um, so I am happy to be a part of the fight. I said, I don't know that I'd have signed up for it, but, you know, now that I see what it is, it's vitally important. You know, it's not just about our lives. It's about an entire way of life. It's about an entire country. And, and you know, the United States of America, our Constitution and everything that we believe and we stand for and everything that so many Americans are out there, you know, so gullible, just believing, you know, they just, you know, that everything's fine and dandy and not knowing, and it's, um, it's almost becomes the responsibility. Like they say in the, is it the Declaration of Independence, or, the, or is it the Constitution, that those that have the, the ability and the knowledge, then they have the responsibility to do something about it. So that kind of puts the responsibility on us, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to participate. and really glad that I got to know all you folks, too. So we will be successful. I know that we will. Can I ask a question? Sure. Um, I'm sorry, but I I didn't catch the beginning, and I'm not sure exactly what Pete's charges were. Could someone talk about that a little bit? Spencer, do you want to? Am I right about what I said? The charges? Uh, yeah, it's just um, conspiracy to interfere with government operations because. It, you know, even though he's a journalist, they just decided to charge him because he's, um, in my opinion, uh, disliked by, you know, some of the the more powerful elements within the deep state. So this is a way of uh, seeking retaliation against him. And, yeah, and, and this charge was that? Hey, listen to this. It says, accused of cons- this is what was in the newspaper in Oregon. Accused of conspiring to impede federal employees from doing their job. The park. So. Huh. So, does that have to do with the Clive Bundy case? Hey, there, there are similar cases. Um, you know, he covered the Bundy protest in 2014, 
and then he covered the Oregon protest in 2016 where he was arrested. And while he was being held in Oregon in 2016, the Nevada prosecutors decided to file charges against him for his involvement in the Bundy protest, which happened two years before that. So that's why even though the charges were dismissed against him in Oregon and everyone else was found not guilty at trial, he's facing charges for the exact same thing in Nevada. So, you know, this rally is really meant just to raise awareness of this fact and to raise awareness of the dangerous president it's setting for locking up journalists or covering controversial events. And hopefully we can get these charges dismissed or at least get him out on bail so he can be home with his loved ones for the holidays. Um, Sean said, even though the newspaper, the Oregon paper regarding the Oregon in, uh, the Oregon event is different, um, Sean says in Nevada that he's accused of conspiring, conspiring to assault federal officers, threatening officers, obstructing justice, extorting officers, and using and brandishing a firearm, I think is what it is, um, in in relation to a crime of violence, stemming from the armed standoff outside the Bundy Ranch near Bunkerville. So it's a little more extensive in Nevada, as I thought. Yeah, it's all conspiracy charges. He was there as a journalist, so they're grouping him in with all the other protesters. And, um, you know, uh, right now, you know, uh, in the past few weeks, we've had thousands of protesters, you know, uh, blocking streets and causing mayhem and, um, you know, protesting the election of Trump. And, um, you know, uh, there's been plenty of reporters from CNN and MSNBC that support uh, Clinton out there covering those events, but those reporters weren't locked up. And very few of the people, you know, um, you know, causing, you know, all the mayhem and blocking streets were, um, uh, you know, I don't, I heard of very few arrests there. So uh, it's, it's, that's a troubling president that Pete Fentility as a reporter um, was arrested for covering these events. You know, it's, 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 it's a, it's based on words primarily, you know, it's, it's, no one was harmed. Nothing was really, nothing really happened. It's just a smaller, tamer version of the protests that are going on in response to the Clinton election. So, you know, uh, it's, um, it, it's, it's inexplicable really why pizza, you know, being held without bail and why he's being charged uh, for these crimes. So, you know, he was there as a journalist and, uh, and he's done a lot to expose the human rights violations carried out against TIs and all the heinous crimes of subjugation and control and mind control and Pavlovian conditioning done through remote trauma-based torture against us. So, uh, we really need to uh, support him in these uh, trying times. Agreed. So um, I guess let's go back to an open discussion. Maybe some people need to get some things off their chest or just, you know, discuss things or give another opinion. Of course, you know, um, we're open to, you know, uh, civilized discussions. You know, just try to, you know, just remember, you know, that we're all, going through a lot and respectful. I guess that's it. Just be respectful. That's all. If you can. I mean, sometimes we all lose our cool. It happens. But um, 
what do you think, um, Spencer? Do you think it's good to go ahead and open it up again? Yeah, I um, okay. I, I enjoy your conference calls. I uh, I'll be on all night usually, as long as they run. Okay. Um, Dave Emery, are you on the call yet? If you are, hit star eight. I don't think so. Okay, guys. Back to open discussion or any of, you know, you can have conflicting opinions. It's fine. You know, it's just all be civilized one another. Uh, Ella, would you, mind, would you mind ringing those Nevada charges again? Because they went kind of quick for me. Oh, sure. Um, according to Sean, and he's very careful. What he, he's, he's a scientist, so he's very um, accurate usually. Um, he is accused of conspiring to assault federal officers threatening officers, I'm sure I can imagine a few words, obstructing justice, extorting officers, and using brandishing a firearm in relation to a crime of violence, stemming from the armed standoff outside the Bundy Ranch near Bunkerville. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and if you read the indictment that goes along with that, uh, their reasoning is because he broadcast details of the the Bundy protest uh, over his, um, you know, uh, webcast. So, you know, that's why they're charging him with that, basically. Uh, so, I mean, I, I said it before, it's equivalent to charging Rachel Maddow for broadcasting details of the tens of thousands of Trump protesters blocking the streets and causing uh, civil unrest, uh, you know, because she's a Clinton supporter. Uh, so I think that's what it boils down to. And that's just the nature of the justice system, you know. They're going to charge you with anything and everything they can come up with as, uh, you know, as a bargaining chip because, you know, they want to scare you into a plea bargain. And, you know, he's a journalist, and the ACLU agreed with that, and, um we all know he's a journalist. He's uh, produced over uh, 1,100 broadcasts, and he has 70,000 subscribers and over 23 million cumulative views. And if you look at all the broadcasts he was doing in the months leading up to his arrest, he had something like a dozen targeted individuals uh, on his uh, shows before all this harassment and all these arrests be, uh, uh, started coming his way. So I think that's very, very uh, suspicious, and uh, it's uh, the fact that he's not out on bail is just makes it all the more suspicious and inexplicable. He has no criminal record. He's a military veteran, and he's um, you know dedicated his life to standing up for the repressed and for the people who don't have a voice in the mainstream media. Do you think there was a connection between when he started paying attention to the um, to the CI problem and uh, what's happening to him now? You know, um, I mean, I don't want to delve into the realm of, you know, conspiracies, but we're all targeted individuals and we know the dirty little tricks they can pull. Uh, yeah. They being, you know, the the ultra-rich and the ultra-powerful within what I term the deep state or the power elite. So uh, I, I definitely think uh, there's connections there. There's a big connection here. Uh, they don't 
they don't want anybody talking about um, the targeting of citizens, and especially a journalist who has such a wide audience or such a large audience as Pete Santilli. And I just wanted also to say that, uh, you know, um, maybe everybody doesn't agree with what Pete Santilli said or, you know, there was occasions, uh, but try to refrain from, you know, especially within the targeted individual community, if we can't, um, you know, not say bad, we have to not say bad things about people who can't defend themselves. And, um, you know, it, it just looks terrible. It looks terrible if we, if we, and you know, especially when everybody uh, likes Pete Santilli, he did great things for the targeted individual community. So just don't say bad things about our heroes. That's not a good thing to do. It's not going to gain you any support. So um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I agree with you. Yeah, no, no one's perfect, and but you know, you just have to judge someone by their actions, and his actions are definitely a net benefit to our cause because of the awareness he's raising. And you're right. Uh, you look at Jesse Ventura and his widely successful uh, conspiracy theory show. You know, it ran for three seasons, and the the very final episode of conspiracy theory was an episode on targeted individuals. And he was averaging 1.5 million viewers. 1.5 million viewers were watching Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory show. And, you know, he had people like Sean Stone, Oliver uh, Stone's son, as a co-host. And the very last episode was the episode on targeted individuals. And guess mm-hmm. what? Despite the good ratings, despite the 1.5 million viewers, once they ran that targeted individual show, and this is in Wikipedia, this is in the encyclopedia, this is wherever you want to look, canceled. <laughs> the show was over. You know, it, 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 it ended. So, I mean, I think something similar happened with Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um... Yeah, Neil, I just want to say thank you for the input earlier. I appreciate it. You know, you've been around a long time, so I appreciate your input. And um, Yeah, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, okay. they have the ability to do those kinds of things, and it would be silly to not think that they, that they did, you know? It's... <clears throat> well, that's it. Hey, Ella. I yes. just This is Kate. I just wanted to say thank you for the statements you made before. I think that a lot of targeted people, they're, they're just in so much pain from being isolated. And I do believe that one of the best things you can do is go out and volunteer and get outside of yourself and realize that you are part of a community by doing things like walking dogs or visiting the sick or whatever, it really starts the recovery process. So thank you for mentioning that because it was instrumental in me, in me um, moving forward. Thanks a lot. You know what? Dogs aren't perps. And, and people in the hospitals are not perps either. Right. And thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, Kate, for everything you do. You're one of the mamas in this community. 
Okay, so um, anybody else want to join the conversation? Just hit star eight. It's interesting. Saturdays are always people have a lot to say on Saturdays. With that said, Derek is going to start having a Saturday call, and I wanted to announce that. Derek, do you want to chime in? He's paying attention. I don't even know if he's on the call anymore. Okay, someone asked, who are here just text? Oh. Who are here just text my cell phone with a survey? Um, do you, do you have a, do you have difficulty seeing who's on the board? Well, still waiting on Dave. He did um, text me and say he's running a little bit late. Hey, um, so if we have just a second, you can cut me off if he um, comes in. I know um, Sean's on the call too. And was that lady talking about the surveys that are going around? Is there anything that that he wants to mention about that, or are we trying to advertise that and and uh, get the word out there on those surveys back to Dr. Andrews? Is or can you talk about that at all, or is it not right the right time? He might be working. Then he can get on the call. I thought he popped in a little bit ago. Sean, do you want to chime in? He might be distracted. Yeah, he's probably tinkering. I was just wondering how it was going, you know, um, if he's running into any issues or kind of a status check, how many responses he's got. And, what yeah, I, I got a, a survey monkey survey forwarded to me. I think it originated from a lady named Juanita. She's a former ICC Securities and Exchange Commission employee, and um, I uh, she seems like a pretty reliable person, and the survey was uh, very well organized. But I'm not sure if that's related to uh, the one that uh, you're, you're referring to. And I think it's important that we, you know, have a, a, a single survey that we can all re reply to. So uh, it'll make it easier to uh, organize and analyze all the data so we're not, you know, torn in a bunch of different directions. No, that's very true. And I, I know, um, Sean. He's just got so many things going on, and I know he could probably use some help. I I don't know how we could divvy this up to be most useful to him. He's created an awful lot of, of good documents and foundational types of things um, for, the, for the project that he's got going on right now. And um, I don't know. I Personally, I think it would be great if we could have a call, you know, to with him and, and Ella and a few other people who want to just get together with him to start doling out what maybe some of the assignments can be done. Um, he's really got the ball rolling, but I think he needs help. I know he's like super busy. Um, so I don't know if that's something, I know Ellie, you're probably stretched real thin too. Um, I don't know if you want to pick a time to maybe 
meet with him. And there's a couple of other ladies that are in those communications, and I don't want to say their name on the call, but some of the other people, you've been on those emails, Ella. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe be able to um, have some kind of a, of, of a conference so that we can get together and maybe help Sean with this, because I know I think he's just probably starting to feel overwhelmed. I think everybody's looking to him to say, okay, now what next? And he's done an awful lot already, and there's just lots of conversations that are flying back and forth, and maybe we could have a more focused and organized approach if we could all have a call. Because, boy, those emails, man, I don't know about you, but, you know, all the conversations <laughs> in the emails, and it, um, to me, I just want to say, can't we just pick up the phone and call me? And let's talk <laughs> about this. Like that. There's 300 emails in the course of about a week. Oh, my God, I know. And then I go, okay, and then he said, and then she said, and then I go back to that, and I go, which conversation was that? And then I go back, I go, you know, I just want to say, just, just call me, just call me. It would just be so much easier, and I think, Sean, maybe he's feeling the same way because he's kind of trying to head that whole thing up, and he's looking at everybody else having all the conversations, too, and he's telling me, I don't even know what to do from this point. So yeah, um, I'd be happy to participate in that if if uh, he wants to take some time. Well, you're and, working uh, to you're working full-time, right? Yeah. But, you know, evenings and weekends, you know, I, I pretty much, um, I come home from work. It's all I can do to get through my work day. So it's not like I do much else. And then the weekends, I, you know what I do? I just, I just say to anybody else, does. What's, what new things can I put on my body or my head um, that might uh-huh. make me feel better? <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Right. How many outfits can I make out of aluminum foil? <laughs> Sorry. I tried Sorry. aluminum. I mean, one night I couldn't find my baseball cap, and I put aluminum on my head. It didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I still felt the pain. But when I put on the cap with the magnets inside it, you know, along the line, um, it stops it. You know, those little... Really? What kind of magnets? The neodymium? Neodymium, yep. Yeah. A bunch of little ones. I bought those those heavy-duty ones, and um, they're still stuck to a wall inside my garage. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get them off. And they took the UPS people that I, like, I ordered them in a rush, and uh, they didn't come, and they didn't come. And my son had to help me unpry one of them. And then I said, well, I don't know what happened to the other one. He goes, Mom, it's probably stuck at the roof of the UPS building, and they can't get it down. Oh, no. Those things are so powerful. Oh, my gosh. And on the same topic of the magnets, did you guys, there was a story. And tell me what you think. And I'm so sorry. I, it, it's kind of graphic, but I'll be very delicate about it. But there was a man. I want to say he was in New York or on the East Coast. And they were kind of making fun of him. But they said that he called 911 and the medics had to come out in the fire department because he had gotten his private lodged between two magnets. So, you know, I... Putting those things too close together, they can sure slam shut. But see all the people that are just so desperate to try to. No, know, I'm. No, I'm laughing. I'm hoping it's not true. I thought it was a joke. No, it was. No, no it was on. It was in the news, and I. I immediately knew what he was doing because. Oh, it was on the news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were saying, well, we what was he doing? He said he said it was therapeutic, and everybody goes, oh yeah. But I thought to myself, I know exactly what he was doing. You know, he probably wants to have a family someday, and he's probably trying to, sit, you know, help his body part, you know, heal up and stuff. And those things are strong, man. You don't mess with those. I can't even get the little ones apart. I thought that. Well, that was a big waste of money. They're all just stuck chilling on the garage wall. 
Um, I just wanted to remark I haven't gotten any surveys yet, and I haven't been on the call that long. Um, should I expect something if I'm on most of the mailing lists? And um, I'll just listen. Yes, Sean will be ready. Sean has a, a questionnaire, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Bill Benny and Kirk Beebe's survey, which Kate Ryan is having. Um, so those mm-hmm. are two different distinct um, surveys, so to speak. Um, but the distinction I'm making is one's a questionnaire, and that's from Dr. Andrews. Um, so, yeah, yeah when they're ready to go out, I, I can ask Sean about that. Um, I'll communicate with him tomorrow to find out, because I know some of them have gone out, um, and some have not. So maybe I need to get my list um, Sean. Um, thanks. Thanks, Ella. Thank you. Hi. Okay, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So is what Kate's doing is so the questions that Sean is asking they're they're probably a little bit different than what Kate's yes. doing. It would just yes. be really nice to put it all together. Yeah, once um Sean is asking um questions about what you what's going on with your targeting, how it's affected you, what you hope to accomplish what you can contribute, I believe, and uh, questions like that. Um, what Kirk, maybe I should have Kate um, maybe tell you exactly. It sounds like it's going to be uh, like symptomology and possible, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, different platforms, I guess, that they're using, or delivery methods. They're trying to narrow that down. I might be wrong, but Kate's on the call, so maybe she can chime in. And you know, um, Hi. Hi, Ella. Hi. Yeah, um, you're right. It does have two parts, and basically um, it is a questionnaire really to get as much information of what people have experienced. And um, the other part would be um, any proof that anyone has, if they've used any type of instrumentation, if they have any photographic proof, anything at all that, you know, as we put all this information together, again, we're going to have similarities with people, so it will stand out. So, um, and Bill has been away a lot, but um, we're hoping that we'll be finalizing it very soon. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Hey, I had something kind of trippy happen. This is short. So remember, guys, I, we were talking about putting those filters that Eric um, Windheim, you know, he talked about putting the filters on your electrical outlet because it filters out a lot of the elect- dirty electricity. And, you know, I had the meter, and I thought it just went down to, like, next to nothing. Well, it, in my house, it, I, the the targeting got really ratcheted up. It was it was bloody miserable. I was, like, you know, one foot out the door to the ER. It was super, super bad lately. And, and um I, I noticed it when I started using, you know, things around my house, and so I unplugged, you know, lots of stuff. And then I was standing in my bathroom, and I was going, why does it feel terrible right here? I've got filters right there on those things, right? So I had bought a meter, and I thought, well, I'm just going to go see. So I put the, well, first of all, they shorted out a couple of my electrical outlets. I, I, I saw that. They took the ground off of them. So I go to my bathroom, and I take the filter off, right, and I put the meter there, and I'm reading it, and it, you know, goes up a little bit. And then I put the filter back on and put my meter up, and it it maxed out all the way to the top. It was stronger when the filters were put on than it was when they were um, not on. So they came in, and they did something to those to make them 
just completely worked against me. I had to take them down because they actually amped it up. I, I mean, to the point where the needle went all the way to the other side. It could have gone higher, but it couldn't. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they did. I don't know what you would do to make that not work and actually amplify. Anyway, I have those. When she said evidence, I have those. And I thought, well, if I knew what I was looking at, I could take these filters apart and maybe take them to somebody who knows and say, what happened to these that all of a sudden, not only are they not working, it's not like you plug it in and they just do nothing now. They do something totally opposite. And they made the signals, you know, and the electricity about four times higher just by plugging it in. Can I ask you something about that? Yeah. Um, what you might want to do, I, I, I just have a suggestion. What you might want to do is take those filters to someone else's house and do um, a reading before and after. Um, oh. You know, use a meter to, to read the, the, uh, the outlet before and after. Then um, make the comparison and write everything down between your house and their house. If it's also higher at their house, then I would say that the filters themselves um, are inaccurate. And I, I have a feeling that the same thing was done here, and that's why I'm suggesting that to you. So when you say inaccurate, you mean they're just they're useless now? Or? Well, yeah, I, I put all these uh, stester filters in, and I felt that things got worse. But I also feel like a phone call was made to Dave Stetzer when I ordered them. Oh, but you know, so it you, could also be that you're being psyoped. Yeah, I, I believe that they actually interrupted my phone call with Dave. Um, he put me on hold and he came back, and I was very suspicious. So the product that you got to begin with never worked right for you at all. Uh, I don't feel it did, no. And um, I took, I ended up taking them off. Okay, so in my case, I didn't even know a filter existed when the building biologist, Eric, came over to do all these measurements in my house. He had them, and he said, this is one thing that you might want to consider doing. And so he showed me with his meter, and he said, here's your outlet just without anything. And it was pretty high. I mean, he just was showing me ways to bring all the dirty electricity up. He popped the filter in, and it was barely recognizable on the meter. And I went, oh, my God. So I bought several of them, and we popped them all around the house. And it was noticeable. I could tell. But Yeah, but but I also think it is possible that somebody is messing with the grounds, like you said. So um, that's why it's good to use them at someone else's house, just to make a comparison so you can rule that out. Okay. You know? And I do think, like at night here, I'm convinced that at night, for some reason, they will, they run electricity through the ground into my house. Oh, I know they're doing it here. And and I know that because my, I've gone outside and my meter is running backwards. What does that mean? I photographed that. Well, when you say it's running backwards, you have. Your 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 meter for your electricity? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The meter has, you know, when I when I felt like I was being electrified in the house, I went out and found that the meter was running backwards. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, I went and turned all the power off at my house, and then I took the meter out there, and I got a super strong signal by my garage door. So I'm assuming that, I mean, off the charts, I'm assuming that that was just the power, though, going, I don't know, it was actually, that's not true. The the power was still on to inside my garage and by the water heater and the mm-hmm. AC and all that. It it was off the off the chart. So even when I thought that I was turning it off, I really wasn't. And somebody had mentioned you have to have the power company turn it off from their end. But I still don't think that even when I turn it off, I should have that much power in my house still. No, I agree. But things have changed greatly now that they have this influencing of, um, you know, other frequencies riding on our electricity. So, um you know, and I don't know what the electric company is doing, but I, I do think something's not quite right. It used to be when I turned the power off on my house, I really felt certain it was off, and I no longer feel that way. Well, it's probably not. I, like I said, yeah. I took my meeting and thought, well, that didn't help you at all. And, and and I do, and I know that they're using my house against me. I can feel it. It's different. Yeah. I mean, I got I out of bed one night. It was so bad in my bedroom. I just happened to touch the mirror as I was walking by, and I got electrocuted touching the mirror. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like crazy how, uh, you know, it's like you don't know from one minute to the next what they're up to. Yeah, was it an old mirror, Kate? Yeah, well, I think it is. I think it's a fairly old one, yeah. Because it would have the silver in it. I think it does. What a lot of people are reporting or enough to pay attention to is finding the main bare copper ground wire that's usually run down a little pipe on the outside of the house to the ground rod, that connection being loose. <laughs> and so based on the reports that we've seen and things that were tested with spectrum analyzers verifying ELFs and uh, that the power company has a fiber optic interface that's running uh, the low frequencies through the neutral wire, which is the white wire. Mm-hmm. So just understand, old houses had two-pronged plugs, and then blenders and mixers and electric drills and stuff had metal uh, you know, cases on the outside. So if the neutral wire failed when you grabbed onto the case, it would shock the hell out of you. And so the ground was put in as a safety. But actually the 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 white neutral wire coming from the power company with the dirty electric, as long as it was a good connection, it was okay. Um, inside of a main box, they tie the white neutral wire from the power company to where all the bare copper wires go that go down to that rod to bleed off in the earth. So that third wire being the bare copper um, and your third prong on all your plug-ins was a safety in case the neutral became loose or failed or somebody put in a plug that wasn't keyed so it could go in backwards, which would make the casing of your blender, mixer, whatever you're using that was metal in those days, uh, shock you if you were touching something that went to the earth or barefooted, you know, on a cement floor. So what I think that they're doing is is they're running this dirty electric through the the white neutral wire 
um, and they're loosening the wire connecting to that rod that's supposed to be a safety um, so that it would only run through the the neutral wire, which has the dirty electric. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain this as simple as I can. Well, I think I get that. Okay, well, I, just, I think good. Um, just picture, you know, like a light bulb. It only takes two connections to make a circle. So the plus or the hot goes into one side of the bulb, runs through nichrome wire that's in a vacuum, and then it has to return to itself to work, and that's your your white neutral or your second prong. On, you know, modern-day plugs, you see in a three-pronged plug that one plug is smaller and one is bigger. That's so you can't turn the plug around the other way if somebody broke off that third prong. And then that way it never happens. But anyway, my recommendation is just to go out, find where your power box has. You'll either see a bare wire a little smaller than a pencil, like a small pencil, um, bare copper going down to the earth, and you can just dig around there if the rod isn't sticking up. Uh, Wiggle that wire, pull on it, make sure it's really tight and the connection is clean. Um, and the more modern in the last 20 or 30 years, you might find a piece of white PVC plastic pipe that they've run the wire in just to keep it safe. But all it's doing is being a safe return to the earth, and the earth is what would bleed off all that stuff like you know us getting shocked when we touch a mirror or something like that. I mean, besides the fact that we are building up electricity in our own bodies from what they're doing. Well, I don't know what's going on, but I I do know that um, a couple of times I went out, and this was not in the past year or anything, but in the past I walked across my lawn, and you could feel the electrical field across the entire lawn. Um, That was exactly what I was just going to say, Kate. Is that the same reason why my lawn is attacking me now? But I picked it up on the meter. It wasn't everywhere, though. And I thought, what the heck? You know, nothing anywhere except when I got right to the center of my lawn. It just kind of went crazy. So I'm just going to say this, and whoever decides to do it, um, the value of it may be immense. Skizit found companies that sell little quarter-inch wireless microwave transmitters. So if somebody came along and they pulled up in your driveway they could actually trigger those with a remote and turn them on because they want to put some extra heat on you that day because they didn't like what you did and they want you to know it. What Jim Albertson did, who worked for Raytheon, for those who haven't heard this, is he watered his lawn really good. And then he ran two wires from his 220 dryer or his stove to get 220 volts. Um, So, you know, regular house power, well, it would be 240 technically. Regular house power, the hot wire is 120 volts. Um, To make 220, you just have two hot wires, and then you have that other white neutral and the bare ground wire, which connect, connect to the same connection inside your main box. So what he was doing is doing what would make sparks by touching a hot wire to the earth, it would go spark, spark, and then the breaker would shut itself off or it would blow a fuse if it was a really old house with fuses. What he did is that those little microwave transmitters can't handle that kind of electricity. 
by watering the lawn, it made it connect everything together really well. So he stuck the bare wires down into the dirt that's all wet from, you know, watering it really good. Turned, turned on the breaker, and it surged electricity through the earth, and it blew all the transmitters that they had. Mm-hmm. What was Yay. reported? They got really angry. <laughs> so they, had, they had the transmitters all over his property then? Uh, apparently so. I mean, I never heard the rest of the story, but yeah. being an electrician, when I heard what he did, I just laughed because uh, Skizzit had found these little wireless microwave range transmitters, and they're a quarter inch square. And Are they few, buried in the ground? Yeah, they are. I mean, you could just come along at 2 in the morning, uh, stick them down in the ground. They could even have a little applicator that has a handle on the end with a spring to return it, and it's full oh, of those things. Slide it in, and you just push the handle down, and it would bury it, you know, two or three or six inches into the earth. Can, do you want yeah, pictures of them that we could uh, take a look at? What's that? Do you have pictures of them so we would know what they look like? Um, well, they 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 looked about a quarter inch square. Um, Skizit may have them on her website. Okay. And what's the name of her website again, Neil? It's Citizens. Oh, A-H-E-S-T-E. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I do know that they they seem to come by like. Or like two o'clock in the morning, and they do something on the property, and they do it again in the mor- uh you know, six o'clock in the morning. Right. And I yeah. and I know that sometimes they've been touching my house. I don't know what they're doing, or they're touching the property. And well, so. you know, there's there is a couple of things, and I, I that's why I say I'd rather just be the tinker in the garage research and development guy, because God, time's just going so fast. But um. One of the other things that that she ran across or I ran across, I don't even remember, was a flat thing, like a flat piece of cardboard, only it's a PC board, and it has a shape etched into it of metal that makes an antenna, and it was a transmitter receiver. So they could lift up shingles on the edge of your house, slip this thing underneath it, and what I envisioned was when when those little Cessna planes go by, and the ones that I notice, I call them tippers because they've got little black tips painted on their wings uh, quite often. I have no proof of this, but I just go, uh, our tax dollars at work. And, and what I'm picturing is wireless transmitter receiver, so wirelessly from a small Cessna airplane, they could turn those on and off. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening here. Because even this morning I was severely electrocuted, and they made a lot of noise right before they did it. Neil, do they transmit all the time? So if I was picking up a signal from a particular spot in my yard, which was weird, I kept going in a circle going, where is it coming from? And then I would walk every direction and go, it's coming from underneath your feet. So I went down to the grass. It was right in the middle of my lawn, and I thought, well, what's in here? So wouldn't it have to have been transmitting at that time in order for me to pick it up on the meter? Yeah, it it would, unless you're using an infrared detector, which uh, somebody reported that you could rent this infrared detector from Home Depot for $80 a day. Anybody who's inquisitive and has a little money to spend, 
uh, it'd be great to see somebody work that out because the, the infrared detectors they use for finding wires and pipes in your wall, if you were doing a remodel job, like I went to work for this guy who was a DA and he was really a jerk, and he calls me up and he goes, uh, you know, I need some stuff fixed and put back. He took a chainsaw to the walls, wires and all, turned off the power and cut through everything with a chainsaw. And then he wanted me to make everything that he was doing to make this room bigger, uh, look pretty and right. And so what the infrared detector would do is it would show wires and pipes so that you wouldn't cut through anything by accident if you were remodeling. But in our case, when they turn these things off, apparently that infrared detector would still show these shapes. So oh. we, we would have an idea. So if you were getting a reading behind a wall and you turned off all your power and you were still getting a reading behind that wall, you could use this infrared detector. Um, or How I should say accurately is would be to say, if they turned them off, you wouldn't be getting a reading from your meter where you were before. But with the infrared detector, you would still be able to distinguish the shapes. This is what I'm told, and I haven't done it yet. The shape. Well, that would be really handy because the bug detectors can't do that. I mean, you can find those with a couple of the things that I have. And I go, okay, so I know there's something in that wall. But other than, you know, busting, taking the chainsaw and doing something like that, yeah, right. It'd be right. very difficult exactly. to find it, right? I yeah. have to make a mess. And, and, you know, I mean, there's plenty of room for confusion. People don't really talk about using microwave pulse technology to read our water meters. And as somebody was reporting about those Stetzer filters ending up being used against them, finding out that, a, you know, 12 antenna, $600 jammer uh, from jammerall.com uh, when you watch on a spectrum analyzer, you'd say, ha, I'm covered for Wi-Fi and the smart meter range and everything else, and this is so cool. And then you watch on a spectrum analyzer. If you were trying to block with a jammer 902 megahertz, they skip to 903 or 904. So you'd have to track what they're doing, which is called frequency hopping. So uh, when Barry Trower comes on, I'm going to make sure he talks extensively about what's called phase canceling uh, to get this formula, that there's a formula that you can say, well, I don't want this frequency around, and this is what jammers do. What Robert Duncan told us on the R&D calls when he came on was, uh, I said, you know, there's a unit that I could buy that would be able to track frequencies coming in and then be programmed through the software to uh, neutralize or phase cancel those frequencies. And he said, well, you know, what you're saying is true. It would work, and you could do that and program. He said, but the problem is their supercomputers are so fast, you'd have to spend half a million dollars to, to have something that would track and cancel as fast as they're going to frequency hop. And yeah, you can just do a full-time job. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, this is the whole challenge for us tech people is to do, come up with something that's cost-effective and at least effective at reducing some of the types of systems that are hurting us. 
but but they're like modern day cars where one sensor relies on another on another on another and one goes out and none of the other things are happy and then the computer gives you a code and says it may be this it may be that <laughs> um it's 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 adaptive is what it is but having wi-fi and satellite tv and smart meters around uh, and cordless phones, any of this kind of stuff, what the spectrum analyzer is showing, uh, they are part of this whole system that can be used to hurt us. Even your smartphone, take the battery out if you're not using it, please. And Barry Trower will tell you that the cordless phones are even worse than the, the cell phones. And they yeah. are. I checked. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested in what you're saying about those Stetzer filters because I found a company called Gia Life, which is G-I-A and then Life, um, that used to be Biotech or something like that. And and they have filters, and I was curious about them because they're talking about a polymer MRET, and I don't remember what MRET stood for, but it was, you know, pretty obvious. It just what it meant was it says it takes the harmful frequencies and it scatters them to make them so they're not harmful anymore. So I know. How are they yep. taking something that scatters it and then amplifying the signal they're harming unless as somebody said, it was a psyops, and they just turned up their own system to make you think the Stetzers were doing it. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. but I got two different readings, one from the plug itself with the filter gone, and then I put it back in, and it went much higher with the filter put in. So it's doing the exact opposite. So I don't I, – it, it has to be. Well, I'm going to do what Kate suggested. I'll try them at a different location and yeah. see if I get the same result. Yeah, do be very be very methodical about it and document it and expect trickery. When you feel confused, it's probably something evil they're doing and they're laughing. It really sucks. When I feel confused, <laughs> that could be a lot of the time. Yeah, right, um, me too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean to say that. <laughs> it is laughable. <laughs> Sean has a couple of questions in the chat. He wants to know, um, he has a few questions. Um, the first question is, um, Neil, what would be the need to trigger an attack from the air? The need to? Well, I mean, it's adaptive integrated systems. So if one system isn't doing what they want to do to you, then another system could. And so, you know, I'm somewhat intuitive and somewhat technical and I just thought, you know what, all these people are not turning around in my driveway just to intimidate me. And so I started getting a little bit more aggressive, and I saw this uh, guy just kept on driving by the house really slow, and he asked for an address of a number that didn't exist. And I knew he was full of shit. And Anyway, I just kept talking with him because I was looking around in his truck, and up above his visor on the driver's side was a bunch of electronic stuff, Mm. which really led me to believe that they'd come pull into your driveway and turn something on. Some batteries that run some of these things may last a year. Some will last 10 years. So if you wanted to 
keep a system operative for as long as you could, then you might have somebody trigger from an airplane above to remotely turn something off when it didn't need to be running because other systems were doing something to you just to keep you in you know constant degradation or if you did something that they didn't like and they want to make you feel like you're being punished that somebody might turn around in your driveway or a plane or a helicopter might fly over your house but I think how could the, you um I just like to ask how could you prove the aerial activity you know it it would be a unidirectional um antenna on a spectrum analyzer and knowing what range they were operating in mm-hmm. i mean you might even you might even do it with the two hundred and thirty dollar cornet meter that has a an antenna on it the the cheaper ones don't have um an antenna that sticks out of them but the two different antennas, one is called omnidirectional, and it goes in all directions. So mm. uh, it's kind of baffling for us because it's like, yeah, there's wireless and RF stuff everywhere. So it's constantly going to be going off, and you're not going to see much by aiming it in different directions. Yeah. Whereas a unidirectional would be like pointing a, a little telescopic, you know, silver chrome-colored antenna like from a, a transistor radio. Those kind of antennas that are unidirectional, you would actually be able to aim it and and see it happen on your meter and snap a picture of it. But a spectrum analyzer with a unidirectional antenna would be more specific if you knew the frequency range that they were doing some kind of wireless interface. Uh, yeah, which I, you, I you could you know you could know. If I could afford it, um, I might be able to afford the cornet. Um. Or I mean, if you like, uh, how do I say this? I think that the software that you'll find at W dot H D as in dog, S S as in Sam D as in dog R Robert dot D E D is you know it's D and E. Mm-hmm. Um, so hdsdr.de.com. If you go look at the software for the the uh, SDR spectrum analyzer, you can you get that for free, and then you go on to Amazon or over to New Elec, which is n o o e l e c dot com, and you buy their basic SDR for twenty bucks. You plug it into your USB port. It comes with an antenna. You plug it in, and then you load the page at the hdsdr.de, and you are you have a spectrum analyzer. And um, it, it's it's better software than the $350 RF Explorer that Dave's been using. And I talked with a friend who has $10,000 in two units that are called Aronia, and um, he said, wow, I can't believe this software. It's so much better than what came with my units. So wow. for 20, 20 bucks, you can get started. Um, it doesn't give you as much range as you want, but for another $55, you go on Amazon or New Elec and you buy their up converter, which is just a little PC board that increases the range. Mm-hmm. And then so, so for example, I could drive or walk or 
say if I could walk somewhere and I wanted um, something showing that activity, you know, which which does occur, there's something going on, you know, on on both sides. They do um, the or, same or, exact thing to me at the exact same times that you said, 3 o'clock, and then they pick them up just before it gets light outside. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, That's okay. Well, I get it. I can could walk three blocks, and I have it going on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I try to block, then something else happens. And you can go to antennasearch.com and see where cell towers are. And it, yeah. it's good to know that because you can get the the frequency range that they're licensed by the FCC. Yeah. So if you're if you're carrying a little uh, laptop with that USB uh, SDR plugged in, it's called a dongle. Um, you would actually be able to walk towards a cell tower, tune your software into the range that that thing's licensed to, and then watch the spikes coming up that would be the signal they're putting out, and you would be able to see not only the frequency number come up on the software, but also the intensity level. And then that would be what, great, and yeah. then if it, if I could I could determine you know where it's actually being bounced from, or you know trace it back, mm-hmm. you know that'd be what I need. And I, well, I, yeah, I'm encouraging that. I mean, I'm I'm always adding to the frequency list when I have time, but there's a lot there for anybody who doesn't have it. Just email me and get it, and I really yeah, Neil, if I could if I could email you, if I can't get all this, I've got to write this down um you know i've got it written here but i've got to transfer it so if i miss anything i will um i will email you okay and and, you know don't be uh, afraid of this it's not as technical as it might sound no i'm not i mean it sounds it sounds pretty you know it sounds pretty straightforward actually if i can good good i'm practicing trying to simplify because i don't want to scare people away yeah even though I am an electrician and I'm technically minded, I'm not an engineer. And yeah. all this was strange to me three or four years ago, and I had to start studying and understand it. Yeah. Well, I get it, like, on both sides or over my head, just about, well, I would just say free, very frequently. And um, if I could... Um, Well, there goes, you know, there goes that thought. Um, All right. It'll come back. You're not alone. You're not alone. No, we don't have to smoke pot these days to be stupid, do we? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you you walk into a store, and it's like, you know, here you are, and it's like there are, you know, you don't even know they're, you know, like, oh, yeah, that crack addict over there, you know, and they're not referring to me. But, you know, it's like I can't tell the person's a crack addict. I mean, I can't focus on them that much, and I don't really, it's not my business. But it's like I'm thinking, my gosh, I hope they don't think I'm one, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, in a, in a laughing sense, I'm saying that, you know? Like, you know, like I look, could look out of it or something, you know? Um, 
you know, and especially with my with my hat on or something, you know, I get oh, oh I like that hat, you know, or like, hey baby, <laughs> <laughs> nice hat. <laughs> they yeah, they think you're kinky, huh? <laughs> well, with a, with a motorcycle, they got all sorts of. <laughs> yeah, like course your bike. Just get some of those Elton John sunglasses and everybody will leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well. Either that or you will have crack addicts following you. <laughs> yeah, it depends on where I got to go. <laughs> but I had one compliment. I was in a social, like, it, you know, like a... You know, it's like a liberal church thing. And one woman said, I really like your hat. And I had to actually had the um, some of the protective material, like, you know, was starting to come out. <laughs> and she thought oh, it was something <laughs> like, you know, like fashionista. <laughs> Magnets start falling out. All <laughs> <laughs> of a sudden, your head sticks to the metal window frame. <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> She's getting a visualization, you can tell. Don't, don't pee your pants. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I had a water bag. I had a water bag like in my, in my, in my abdomen and fell down to my pants in the store. I just pick it up, you know, like, you know. Just like, you know, just keep walking on, you know. Right, you, you bend over to pick something up, and then there's a puddle following where you're going. <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, right. No, I was just I trying just to make started. my buns look bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just started doing that over the weekend because something new happened to me, and I remembered somebody talking saying, well, I just take the gallon bags and fill it up with water and man water's heavy i have one on the front of me in the chest in the gallon one, and then i made like with duct tape like a strap so i had a big gallon one on my back and one on my front and i was like this is heavy water is really heavy i don't know how you could go walking around with that stuff so i was sloshing <laughs> when i woke up I was stoked. I mean, there's water everywhere. One of them popped, and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, oh. <laughs> no. Just use the, use those wine bags. You just go find a wino and give them the the wine, and you keep the bottle, and you can just walk around with a straw in your mouth. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right. All the questions are answered. There you go. That, yeah. that is a thing, you know, to try and look normal while you're doing this. I'm like, God, I have to stuff twelve layers of this Velostat stuff. Yeah, I just got home from work. 
Um, well, I'm so glad you could make it. Thank you. We were just talking about, you know, things upon, you know, electronics. And so, yeah, you came at a good time. So, guys, this is Dave Emery. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, yeah, my, I'm, I'm Dave. I'm, I live in San Jose, um, and I work in the IC industry in RF and uh, timers right now. Um, and so I've been doing ex- Experiments um, and the car, I, I've been experimenting with the carbon fiber. I just thought I'd bring it up because I heard Neil talk about the links that um, it, it it worked for a couple of days and now I'm starting to get some problems through. Um, so I'm pretty sure they're above the 10 gigahertz. Um, oh, wow. oh I was sorry to hear that. Anyway. Yeah, I, I thought it was CAT scan. Um, but, yeah, it, well, it, it's definitely much better than it was, but it isn't perfect. Um, it, so, I, yeah, I, but I would still recommend it. It's, a, it's relatively, well, I wouldn't say relatively inexpensive, but compared to some of the other measures, um, it's definitely more effective than, than any kind of shielding. Plus, you don't need any ground because it's absorptive. Um, could you repeat what it is, please, if you know, if you have time? And so I'm forth? sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a, it's called it's a carbon fiber, but it's laminated, and uh, I think it's I think less EMF sells it as well. Because um, I just can't mm-hmm. catalogs. They call it RF MW absorber. It's a microwave absorbing material. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and it seems to work against uh, the microwave and uh, all the RF, but uh, it, it, and it, it, this one is unusual because it goes all the way to 10 gigahertz in terms of its uh, shielding effect. So and it's so, a material then, and you would... Yeah, it's, it's, it's laminated on both sides. So it's got plastic on, two, on both sides of it, and then it's just carbon fibers inside. Uh huh. It's, it's pure carbon, and uh, um, carbon is an absorber of of energy. Dave, is that but the I, stuff that they say that they also use in the actual microwaves? That's what I was told, right? So in the back yeah, of the microwave, same stuff. Right. It's 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 it, yeah. It's it's used in uh, it's used commercially in in microwaves and and also for shielding equipment. Um. And so I figured it would be good for what for us, but uh, and, 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 and it may very well be more effective for other people. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to get it all, so. Um, yeah, I, me too. Um, yeah, I get ELF all the way up through CAT. Um, what do you do for that, for the ELF? Uh, for the ELF, I don't know an answer to that um, because it's such a long wave. And, yeah. Uh, I, I've 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 attempted to use various techniques for for shielding magnetic because right. uh, at ELF you're almost you're just barely above DC, so it's really a magnetic pure. It's more magnetic than electric. Yeah. Um, and that and that's what causes the excuse my expression brain farts um, yeah. when you suddenly oh. lose whatever. That's the ELF. It, it, and they also use it for um, subliminal messaging. Yeah. And, and, that's what and there's something they can do to um, 
not to be well just to be clinical um they do i notice with the elf then um you can um uh pass air through your anus they 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 will do that have they done that i mean that's microwave is it when you pass gas yeah that's microwave um, just to, to, uh, the two main effects of the microwave are the the, the bloating and uh, so what happens is when the microwave hits your body, it, it heats up water, which is what most of your body is. Right. Um, so it, it, it heats the water, which causes it to expand, and then you either burp or or pass gas. If they hit you in the spine, they can, and this happens to me all the time. Um, it causes the sacs in between the vertebrae to expand, putting yeah. pressure on the nerve and causing pain, like in your leg, even though you got hit in the neck or in your back. Basically, anywhere the nerves run, and the nerves all run. What type of energy would it be that would um, send you to have to urinate within like a minute? What um, type? That's subliminal. Oh. Um, I would disagree with that. Uh, okay, I don't think I, okay, you get a stomach pain. Okay. You you get a stomach pain. Right. They, they, they can, can, they can just have with any part of your body. Yes, but they can also use subliminal messaging to make you get up and do things that you wouldn't normally do to distract you from what you're doing. No, I notice. Also, I notice if, in fact, I I try to prepare for it, but I notice, mm-hmm. um, like when I'm approaching a certain area, um, you know, what precedes it and what I'm going to do in terms of my behavior, and I thought I had it covered, and then, um, you know, I had the ear activity and stuff, and within, it was like within a minute. I mean, it just all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, you don't have any idea. And uh, I, I think it is neurological. I think you're hitting something in your head. What I found makes that stop is I repeat, I actually say in a whisper uh, something, anything that at all. I was doing that too. I was doing that too. And um, then I got... Uh, yeah, I was doing that, and uh, yeah. What did that do? I, how, how does that help? It worked for a while, but they they, they, they seem to want to tell me that. Go ahead. Good time, guys. Go ahead. But the speaker for for the most part. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they can use microwaves to cause diarrhea, um, and 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 also affect your bladder. But when you feel the sudden urge to get up and move, and you don't know why, that's the subliminal part of it. And so, uh, like where I work, they they make me go to the bathroom, but they've already done the flash mob. And I'll walk in, and like every stall will be busy, and they'll have made you know given me diarrhea, and there's nowhere to go. So, but it's a combination of the two. Um, Sometimes you just you know it's it's the microwave will make you have to go immediately. You just don't have any choice. Yeah, that's Um, yeah, that's it then. Yeah. Yeah, but they can also use subliminals to make you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Or, and and sometimes you don't even recognize what's happening until it's already too late. You've already done the thing. You just, you just have these compulsions to do things. 
Um, what can, what can, um, so for the, for the micro, for the microwave, you can, microwave you can shield against. Um, so you can wear like uh, copper clothing. Um, I've had some benefit from using uh, high SPF sunscreen. Um, I use that all the time. Okay. It, it does, it, it does attenuate it. In other words, it does reduce the intensity. But, like uh, put it all over your body. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, so I wear copper clothing um, for when I'm working in that, and mm-hmm. it does help. Yeah. Um, it it uh, and it protects my knees because they've hit me in the knees and nearly crippled me a couple of times now. Yeah. Um, okay. I still get the pain in the knee, but it isn't crippling anymore. Yeah. And then uh, for my face and neck and everything, I put on heavy sunscreen because mm-hmm. it things uh, metal in it and they don't like it. One thing I'll what type of sunscreen do you suggest? And also is there a way to talk a little closer to the speaker? It's a little hard to hear you. You're just a little bit quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm oh, no worries. Let me turn it up a little bit. Does, does that help any? Yep. I can hear you a little better. Thanks. Okay. So, yeah, someone um, was just so talking about putting sunscreen on today um, and I forget what kind of said. Yeah, if you use high SPF, so you want it to be in the 85 or above, it doesn't yeah. do any good to use the lower SPF sunscreens. Like 45, um, no? No, that that won't really help. Because, yeah, it's got to uh, be. It's only blocking. It, it's, it's intended to allow um, a lot of UV in. UV, A, and B, so, and it won't block it, yeah. Right. So you want oh, something that will be as heavy as blockage as possible. You can also mm. make your own... Um, you can buy uh, powdered uh, aluminums, um, powdered zinc is what I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, zinc's one of the minerals your body needs anyway. Yeah. But I've, I've had other people tell me that uh, using the powdered zinc and cream causes itching. Mm-hmm. So um, you can use uh, NOAD. It's, mm-hmm. called, it's fairly inexpensive, 85, SPF 85. Yeah, well, it'd be worth it. Um, is there any way that okay, if you have you have hair, um, can you pull up your hair and somehow spray your scalp? Um, well, I actually recommend the lotion, not the spray. You don't want to use the aerosol sprays because the propellant is dangerous in and of itself, and it also yeah. enables them. They can use that against you. Um, so I recommend the cream. Plus, it it helps your skin. But yeah. I, it's, it, by using the sunscreen, I got rid of all the little red dots. Oh. Well, not all, but I got rid of a, a lot. I, I have a lot fewer red dots now, especially on my abdominal area. What um, brand do you buy? Because I know some brands. It's called NOAD. NOAD, that's insane. I've never heard of it, so okay, NOAD. Oh, okay. Um, I, I usually buy it off of uh, Amazon, and it runs about $10 a pint or 32 ounces. Um, so no ad as an N O A D D, right? No ad No, it's N O dash A D. Okay. It stands for no advertisement. Ah, yeah. got it. Okay. Um, no ad something, yeah. Yeah, this one's a SPF 85. Um, and then uh, if you do decide to go with copper clothing, um, it's it's real popular now among it for. Uh, Athletes, yeah. They, you see all that stuff they're wearing, like elbow pads and all that. 
you can buy entire shirts, which is what I buy, um, long sleeve, short sleeve, depending upon the weather. Um, and then you can also buy the pants. Yeah. And it's a stretch fabric. Um, yeah, we usually get something with a, a, a high amount of copper in it. Um, some of the ones that say they have their copper have almost no metal in it. And then you're, yeah. just, wearing a, you're just wearing, you know, lycra. Now, if I were to go to less EMF, what I know you can you can scroll down and look at the various fabrics and materials. What I would want would be, as far as the fabric to use, the yeah, copper. The, the, the copper I was talking about is commercial. I mean, you just buy the clothing with the copper in it already. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't think less EMF. I don't recommend the Silverell fabric. I've bought several fa- um, Silverells from Less EMF, and it's the fabric itself just falls apart. It, the first yeah. time you wash it, all the silver comes out, so that's worthless. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking so, like at a sporting goods right store, now. or like uh, uh, I buy mine off of Amazon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. Mostly to avoid having to go to stores. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's you're, a drag. You're putting back in a store. Yeah. I don't know if this happens to everybody, but if I walk into a store and stop in front of some display, immediately uh, five or six people will walk up and start reaching over my shoulder and stuff. You know, and I don't get that. And but then my leg how, goes numb. Yeah, the glare, like when you cannot even read... Um. You know, like, if you go into a store, and I guess, you know, they've got it all figured out where the magazine rack is. But say you want to pull down a cup of paper, you're going to buy a paper. Um, You can't sit down with, by the time you're going to get a cup of coffee or something and sit down and look at it, you know, it's like you get, you know, you start getting, they amp it up and, you know. You you read the headline and it doesn't even you know you can't even read it. So yeah yeah, yeah. no just last night I was working on some stuff for for Richmond for tomorrow I have a meeting mm-hmm. um, and uh, I couldn't focus. <laughs> I was sitting in front of my computer and uh, and uh, I I made the type really large and I still couldn't focus. And every time I the harder I'd try to focus, the more they'd laugh and say, "We're not going to let him read this." Um, but it, as far as that, I mean, I know I'm entrained. Um, I've they've pretty much mapped my entire brain. And uh, I would love to know where they keep these things and then get you know. <laughs> Order quarter orders or you know subpoenas to to get the stuff. There's there's no court orders or subpoenas involved. Yeah, there's I no know. Secret courts. There's no FISA courts. Who wants to get trained that? order to this is all, Some people call it shadow government, um, but uh, like I say, I but it's I'm pretty still much a... now that uh, it's the program has gotten free into the internet, so it's it it has everything you do. Um, all communications are monitored and gleaned. Um, um, Benny and some of the other NSA whistleblowers developed the program that does all that. 
Um, the entire but internet it, backbone gets dumped into servers, and then they process all that information. It's still, a, I mean, it's still a, a constitutional crime, and it's a federal crime, and you know, it's yes. But it, like I say, I'm, I guess I'm, you know, I've been dealing with this for a long time now, but um, I, I, I no longer worry about privacy. They can see through my eyes. How am I going to make anything private? I know. And going back to constitutional crime, I wanted to add something. They were trying to get this thing where they were a piece of gate thing. They're calling that a, a, um, a sexual abuse study. So, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. So they're basically murdering and abusing kids that are under state control under a guise of study, which apparently they can do I, I guess there's some law. I don't know. It, it, it's horrific. So if yeah, they can murder kids, and sexually children. abuse children, this is, you know what I mean? This is, that's even worse than what's happening to us. Ella. Actually, ch- children are more susceptible to the program than adults because mm-hmm. they have less, uh, Hello. how do I put it, um, discernment. So an right. adult, when, when, when they put a subliminal message into an adult that says, you know, murder your husband. As soon as that thought comes into your head and you start doing that, you say to yourself, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Somebody was trying to speak over you, and I asked them to hold on just a moment so you could finish speaking. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was talking over someone. Um, No, that's okay. She interrupted you. It's okay. She can wait just a minute. That's okay. So so children have less natural discernment because they're younger. They haven't experienced life the way an adult has, and they have less control over Mm -hmm. their thoughts. And what bubbles up from your subconscious, even as an adult, fully aware myself, um, I I have to consciously fight these urges. You know, like suddenly I'll be sitting at work and I'll get the urge to get up and go to the coffee machine, even though I don't want to, because they're waiting for me. They're sending me into a trap. Um, but half the time I'll be out of my chair before I realize what's happening. And... Uh, you ask a, a 10-year-old child to make those kind of decisions to understand that kind of, uh, of uh, abuse, and they're not going to know that, right? Um, also, one of the reasons that they get you addicted to something, even if you're not an addict already, is because addicts are far less discerning. It's far harder to control your, your, your subconscious urges when you're, you're a, an addicted to something. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, that's just tobacco. Yeah, Dave. That's interesting because some of the people that um, seem to be the least, you know, it just seems like the people that I know that do do drugs on some levels, um, maybe too much. They seem to be so affected, and so um, you know. And so I think you're right. I think people who are doing drugs or um, maybe too much. I mean, we know that we suffer, and a lot of people sometimes resort to some strong medications. Um, but it does seem to be, or people that drink too much, you know, they seem to um, be prone to the mind control aspects a little easier, which makes sense. Yeah, anything that suppresses your inhibitions is working against you. And then, Linda, you wanted to say something? Are you there? It was Elvira. Oh, Elvira. Hi, Elvira. Hi, dear. (laughs) I just wanted to tell tell him what he was talking about, the copper. 
Yeah. The, the actors have this website called TommyCopper.com. Go on there, you get all get you. The What's it called? Um, that sounds great. That sounds like a great uh, resource. Yes, TommyCopper.com. Just go there. Tommy, yeah, thank you for listening. I've got some. I bought some from them, but the, uh, there's a company called Compression Z, just compression with a Z at the end, and uh, their their um, shirts and stuff have higher amounts of copper than Tommy Copper does. Oh, so you Tommy know about Copper's Tommy Copper, okay. Yeah, but no, no, I, I, I own some Tommy Copper, and I also own Compression Z, and uh, I own Compression Z because it... it uh, they advertise that they have a higher, they have the highest level of copper in the industry. I don't know if it's Thank true. you for listening. Thank you, Elvira. I didn't mean to cut you off either. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Nice that was all you. I wanted to say. Yeah, I don't get to hear you speak very often, so I'm <laughs> glad I got to hear you. Oh, thank you, dear. Have a good night. And I'll be listening. And Tommy Copper, those are the two places that you suggest. So just is it any kind of is it anything particular, um, Dave? Um, do you have to look up copper-based clothing, or how, what do you look up when you go to one of these sites? Uh, yeah, so um, like Elvira said, Tommy Copper is a good place to start um, because th- that's their that's their how I put it um, th- that's the reason they exist, right? They have the copper clothing, and they were the first. And now, like Compression Z, there are some others out there that have even higher levels of copper in them. And uh, so you basically get to wear a metal shield. And you don't necessarily have to ground it. Um, It will help to dissipate. Like I said, it's not going to stop it, but it it lowers the effect. You know, what about taking copper, like, as a supplement, uh, large amounts of it? Because it, it almost has no toxic, you know, overdose level. What about you know, that? I've taken it. It made me so nauseous I thought I was going to throw up. I don't know if other people feel the same way. First that, that, it, it's possible that that's natural, and it's also possible that it's induced. Um, oh, I take, okay. I have yeah, to take it, large I amounts of it. I didn't know I was a target. I didn't know David, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, who am I speaking James to? Nico. Hi. Oh, hi, James. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, are you? Do you have access to the chat room? Um, no. No, I'm just on the phone right now. All right. I put in um, something on eBay called Faraday Defense. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that? You have? Yeah, well, and, and, and I'm familiar with Faraday Cages, but... Uh, no, no, this is a company that makes, uh, they call it black copper nickel RFID blocking material. They have copper, they have uh, nickel, they have carbon, different ones, mm-hmm. and they're around 50 bucks for a one foot by, I don't know, 50, 50 inch piece of material. And um, I was just wondering if you've ever heard of it, because... It looks like it might work. But I, I've done I've done some research on uh, how they shield rooms for corporations and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's the combination that they normally use. The copper they use copper or other uh, conductors for the electrical effect. Mm-hmm. And then the nickels for nickels one of the better 
um, magnetic blockers because it's, not, it's oh. naturally non-magnetic. It's not a ferrous metal. So yeah. non-ferrous metals will do a good job of, I, I shouldn't say blocking. What it does is it, 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 it provides a, a, a lower path of impedance than, than the air does. In other words, the magnetic field will bend around the nickel. Oh, good. And then, the, like I said, the carbon fiber is good because it actually absorbs energy. Um, mm-hmm. But what I, what I found in experimenting with the carbon fiber is that even, even that saturates. You're familiar with the concept of saturation? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so the, the problem with all the Faraday cages and other blocking is that when you're talking about directed energy, the, it's, they're directing energy at, in a really small, tiny little area of the shield that you're using. And that area saturates pretty quickly. So even though it would work against a broadcast signal, like a radio signal or a cell phone signal, mm-hmm. it, it saturates pretty quickly when it comes to directed energy. Mm-hmm. Because that tiny little spot that's being hit mm-hmm. will will can only absorb so much before it starts allowing energy through to pass through. Yeah, bypass it. Yeah. Right. Is there any way to and drain so, that? So you can, the you can, but yeah, you can you can make it thicker, and that'll help. Um, I'm saying once it's all saturated, if you were to wash like the clothing. If you were to wash it, does it come out so that you've gotten? Oh, rid of gee, the... he's not talking about that kind of saturation. Um, he's no, I'm talking, talking about, about the, Yeah, I was talking about the uh, the amount of energy that that uh, material can absorb or reflect. Well, no, but as, I, as it's I, actually I, blocking. It it gets saturated with energy, and then it can't take any more. So so the energy starts bypassing, going right through it because it can't take any more. It's like a sponge. Right. It, the sponge so fills up. Dave, you would, would, you, would you explain how a Faraday cage would have two walls and one would be grounded and the other wouldn't and the air in between would help as a dielectric insulator? Yeah, it would, but a Faraday cage is only effective if it completely surrounds you. Right. Faraday cages right. only work if, if, if uh, all three dimensions are covered. And uh, then you usually ground part of it. And, and the grounding is to help with the saturation. So when a material becomes saturated with energy, if you can bleed that energy off, then it becomes unsaturated. Right. So but even, like even a grounded Faraday cage will saturate when it's directed energy. Oh. Same as grounding yourself the earthing, right? So if I have too much in me and I do the grounding thing, it'll bleed off into the earth if I'm hooked up. That's correct. That same thing? Actually, actually oh. it's, the, it's the opposite effect, but yes. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're, actually, you're actually pulling electrons from the earth. The earth is this big electron donor. And what happens is when you get hit with all of this high-intensity radiation is the electrons in your, in the, the atoms in your body, the electrons get dislodged and become free radicals. And so by earthing yourself or putting a bunch of electrons into your body, it allows your atoms to restore themselves to their previous state. They're no longer ionized. That's, that's why it's so important to do earthing. Um, but it's not, 
it's not like an immediate cure in the same way that some of the shielding materials might give you like immediate relief and then five minutes later have no effect because they've saturated. But yes, you definitely want to be grounding or earthing yourself as much as possible. Um, the longer you, the longer you can keep yourself earthed, the less effect they can have on you because they need to ionize you and and uh, the term they actually use is tune. And the reason for that is they want to be able to couple to your brain, in my case, or couple to your body in other people's cases. Um, but that's how they can affect one person in a room and not affect other people in the room because targets have been tuned to a specific yeah. frequency, usually to the, the perps frequency. Um, so it, every, every individual person has their own natural frequencies and every material has its own natural frequencies. And when they disturb those frequencies or tune you to somebody else's frequency, then that person can then control your movements and uh, put thoughts into your head or talk to you when they're not there. Hmm. Hey, is, is a copper rod the best thing to put into the ground for doing the earthing and copper wire? Well, uh, yeah, a copper rod is better because uh, it's going to resist any kind of corrosion and you, you want to have as much surface area as possible connected to the earth and you want it to be as deep as possible because, again, the earth can also saturate. So if you're drawing a lot of electrons from one spot on the earth, eventually it takes a while for the electrons lower down to bubble up to the surface to replace the ones that you've taken. And so by driving a grounding rod down 10 feet, you're, you're able to pull electrons from 10 feet of Earth rather than just the surface of the Earth. And that the wire sense? that's attached to the rod would be at the top, right, of the rod? You wouldn't drive the wire down into the ground. No, no. You would attach the wire via a clamp that they sell with the grounding rod. Okay. And... and uh, I think uh, Neil was experimenting with this and found that he needed to also insulate the ground rod above the earth. Oh, was that Otherwise important? Can, yeah, because uh, if, if, they, if they do directed energy at the wire that's leading to the ground rod, then that wire can saturate fairly quickly and start allowing um, positive, positive energy to flow up. Uh, In other words, it can start pulling electrons the opposite direction. Um, That's what I so found. Yeah. You can just use electrical tape Okay. Yeah, or, or something like that. Or they, they sell what's called rubber tape, cambric, um, for making uh, connections with large wires. Um, but those are all insulators. And, uh, but you'll have to do multiple layers and, and keep an eye on it. Because, uh, can I ask a can... question? Yes. Uh, who am I speaking to? This is Memoir. Hi, how you doing? Oh, you can call me Barbara if you like. Listen, okay. um, I just found out something that kind of startled me. Um, you know, usually when you think of Wi-Fi, you think of it as a cloud, right? These rotors go out in a, I, I think they're like 60 feet in all directions, 
was a cloud. And another T.I. had said she lived in a ranch way out in the boonies, and she said she was getting Wi-Fi to her house, but it was directed. It was pinpoint directed. Now, if Wi-Fi can be pinpoint directed, that could be used, I mean, since it does carry audio and video and all kinds of stuff, um, can this be used as like V2K? And not only that, but if it's directed, can the pulse be used as a weapon in itself? Do you know anything about this? Oh, um, Wi-Fi is a standard. It's set by both the F2C and the industry groups. Okay, so but she in- says she's getting Wi-Fi from a tower that's, she said, five miles away, and it's pinpoint. Because they said to her, if you're getting Wi-Fi from a tower five miles away, that could be part of your targeting. And she said, no, it was pinpoint. I guess they had an antenna on their roof. Well, uh, an antenna wouldn't do a pinpoint. It's a monopole. It goes out in a sphere. The waves That's what I thought. The antenna in a sphere. Probably what's happening to her is is heterodyning, but I I, I think that it's it's important to understand what Wi-Fi is. Wi-Fi is just a standard. It's just a it's just a spectrum of frequency, and it legally it can only be operated at, at low wattage, low intensity, and so right. yes, it's, it's limited to approximately fifty feet. Right. Um, the, I was told sixty. Sixty. Yeah, I'm not sure it's 60, but uh, it, it's it's you can easily look it up. Wikipedia mm-hmm. will tell you the exact. The other thing I was told about years. Wi-Fi okay. is if if my neighbor has Wi-Fi and the other neighbor has Wi-Fi and the other neighbor has Wi-Fi, what you do with Wi-Fi one one house can affect the Wi-Fi in the other houses. Now I don't yeah, know. That, that's why there's that's, multiple channels on Wi-Fi. Okay. All right. So that's if you correct. Live in, a, in, in a densely populated area like I do, um, there's. In fact, I even showed this on uh, the webcast a couple weeks ago. Um, there's like 20 Wi-Fi routers within range of me where I live. Wow. And I don't live in an apartment. I live in a house. Um, now, all that Wi-Fi is being used when it overlaps. Does that increase the amplitude? Like if you're in a bus and with people around you with ten cell phones, I, is that increasing the amplitude that you're sitting in? I mean, uh, so so there's two two things that can happen when when waves meet. One is constructive interference, mm-hmm. meaning they add together; they're exactly in phase. So think about waves on the ocean. If if a smaller wave encounters a bigger wave then the, the combination of the two is, 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 is higher than either one, right? Or if yeah. a, a big wave encounters a little wave and it's 180 degrees out of phase, in other words, the trough of the wave is hitting the peak of the other wave, that's destructive interference, and all that's left over is a little bit left over from the big wave. The little wave disappears. That's also so in other words, it depends on, on what, their, what their frequency is. Yes, and, and 
the, the Wi-Fi is probably not what's causing you pain and suffering. The Wi-Fi. Oh, is I'm not made... saying that. I'm not no, saying no, that. No. I just didn't know that Wi-Fi was pinpoint. She, I know it's a cloud. I, I, I know that pinpoint. they can use it to see people, but she said it was pinpoint, and I was very surprised. Why does she think it's Wi-Fi, though? Because that's because what she's getting in her phone. house. Huh? Oh, you're sending a signal. Can, is it possible to send a wife a Wi-Fi signal using a very directional antenna, uh, like a point source? No, you need you need some form of waveguide to massage it, and and uh, so. Well, how are they doing it? How are the Ferps doing it to us? What kind of what kind of are they using that uh, some kind of uh, magnetic steering? No, I think so. I think yes. A lot of what happens to us, I believe, is masers. If you're familiar with what a laser is, masers are a little yeah. bit older. Yeah, I am. Okay, so you know how a laser works, right? You yeah. Use a yeah. Waveguide uses a waveguide, and then it also filters out all of the unwanted lights, so it becomes a single color or a wave or yeah, single frequency of light, and then it uses a waveguide to to um, narrow the beam of the emitter down to a pinpoint, like a fiber optic or a, a laser pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, a laser works the same way. It was developed in Dave, the... Dave, are you familiar with synthetic aperture radar? I guess I am. Is that, that steered electronically? Uh, no, no. It, well, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it is kind of using a, a waveguide. Um, and, and the Wi-Fi is, the, the, definitely the Wi-Fi is used for tracking and imaging people. Right. Um, but, but Wi-Fi is, is again, is it, it's coming off of a, an antenna, so it's coming out in a sphere. It's going in, in 360, it's going in every direction, right? It's a Gaussian sphere. She doesn't feel that. She, she says she was five miles away on a ranch, and that's how they were reaching her house. That's an awful big cloud. Well, I, I, I'd like to know why she thinks that and what evidence she has to support that. Because she says it's coming, it's coming from a tower five miles away was the statement. And I tried to get more information out of her, but I was shut up as it happens on these calls sometimes when you start to get good information because I did not know Wi-Fi could be directed, and I thought, like you think, it's a cloud. And she said, no, it's hitting her five miles away from the tower pinpoint, because I said, could that be part of your targeting? She's a target. And she poo-pooed me, so I don't know. I just thought, can I, that can, I, can I make a statement here about that, which might work? Um, I live on acreage, and I've got the same thing where it's pinpoint. And um, I saw them. This is before I knew anything about it. I saw people lurking around my house, and it seemed like they were planting things in the ground. So maybe they're finding her by planting some sort of target around her, literally, like, just outside of her property. That's what, what I think was happening to me. And, of course, I can't find it now because I, I didn't know what was going on. But, Neil, what's your opinion on that? Do you think people could like follow her to her home and plant it, some some sort of 
thing near her house. I, I think what they're putting down is chemicals. I've looked into chemicals. They can get okay. chemicals to ionize and, and coat you like like their nano it's nano coating. Um, it goes through the air. You don't even see it, and it goes on to you. You, you, you. This is very common, and they use it to in, increase the conductivity of your skin. Well, she said yeah, she found some brown stuff on the threshold of her her doorway. This was quite a while yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. So they, I don't know what they, that was. They flash it on, but it comes in a it was, solid. It was uranium. I don't know about that. I, I think it's some kind of a... Oh, um, I'll have to tell her. Do you think that you could get back to this Wi-Fi again? If you if you could tell me if this Wi-Fi could possibly be directed? I mean, it's antenna-based, right? Sure it can. I think it can. It, it could be, yeah. You could use a waveguide. And like I say, Wi-Fi is just a standard. It's not anything special. It's just a spectrum of frequencies. Well, I don't know how and, to do it. And, and any frequency can, yes, using a waveguide, any frequency can be directed. But didn't you say a couple of weeks ago that it's a lot less common to happen in rural areas? So it must be based somewhat on antennas, too. So it's a frequency, plus it's got a way to carry that frequency. So I'm just wondering if somebody could come around to her. The only point I want to make here is, like I say, Wi-Fi is a standard. So based on that standard, no, that couldn't happen. Could, could what do you it, mean by standard? What do you mean by standard? Say the 4G signal instead of Wi-Fi, right? Is that kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, you could be using a Wi-Fi frequency through a waveguide and direct it, yes. Wi-Fi yeah. itself, like I say, is just a standard. It's just it's like AM and FM, right? Okay. Well, actually, that's a bad analogy. I shouldn't say that, but... Again, it has its, its like, own frequency that it that it works within, right? Correct. And 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 manufacturers can only make it so make the intensity up to a certain level. Okay, but if and you live five miles away and you you want uh, Wi-Fi on your ranch and you live five miles away from a tower, she said she was getting this from a cell tower. Well, see, now a cell tower would never broadcast Wi-Fi. It's a different set That's of frequencies. Got me. That's what she said. The tower I was five it, miles away. I swear you, Neil. I saw people. Signal. Okay, I saw people on my pro near my property, just outside the boundaries of it, planting things mm -hmm. right before this started. I swear I did, and, and they would literally get out of their car and dig around the ground, and I thought that was weird, but I didn't feel anything, and You're I putting I down I've had uh -huh. that happen. Yeah, Maybe I'm, it's the transmitters, like what we just found. Yeah. Why, you know, why didn't you go out and dig around in the ground where they were and see what they were doing after they yeah, left? Yeah, I'm thinking I about I was, Yeah, that's what I need to do is go out. And, I, I've dug around a little bit already, but not, I should really go out there like with a... Like yeah. A, like Use a, a UV huge. light and you'll find what they were putting down. Yeah, it was around the streets that I went around to. I live, there's eight people. We all have acreage. We all have anywhere between, you know, one and, and uh, the, the guy that has the most has like a whole bunch, like 40 acres. Um, and what's weird is there's only eight people on this road, and they were putting it along the road where you have to enter, too. So 
I should get it's, out there and really probably, dig. But. It's probably a sensor. It's it's probably more likely a transducer than a, an, an emitter. But I'm not saying it isn't. But any, anything that small wouldn't be able to emit much of a signal. Well, I know one thing, that when I leave my house, I get hit with this spark. It's like a 4th of July uh, directed one of them spark at you. And I think what I've discovered is is this is a an alert to the perp that I'm leaving the property because they've got it only on one gate. The other gate's locked now. When, so, you, say spark, when you say spark, can you describe it a little bit? Yeah, I've seen it. Right. It's it, if you think of a Fourth of July sparkler, and you think of only one of those um, sparks coming off it, that's what it looks like. There's only like one or two. It 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 it's on a timer. My neighbor puts it out by the fence. It comes across the street at least 40 to maybe 50 feet. And they, you know how a sniper uh, uh, has a um, a person who, who zones him in? Well, that's what they do. They use the millimeter wave to to see if it's hitting me. And they they zone it in until it does hit me. And it also goes right through you. And I found that when it hits your skull, it'll go through one side, but when it, it, it loses energy going through the brain, so when it hits the inside of the other side of your skull, it'll, it'll click. But it will, all, it will destroy bone, and it's painful, and sometimes it burns. It's, they've been doing that to me for years. Um, but it's a, it's a small device, and I was walking home one day, one night, and he had, it was one morning, and he had gone out. He goes out and he picks up trash along the, the walkway there, and he'll pick up his device. That's his excuse for picking up the device. And this is in the morning when he, before he leaves for work. And what he did was he walked away from me toward his house. He had it in his hand. I came around the corner. This spark left his hand over his shoulder and hit me in the face. Now, I was standing in front of a grounded chain link fence, and one of the other TIs was asked the question, why would it hit me rather than the fence? And what I have figured out is that because I had a charge on my body. Actually, it could have just been a laser pointer. Uh Uh-uh. This has happened too many times to be a laser pointer. This is some sort of a... Quite often, uh, I get the the bright white light through my eyes. And it's because they've hit me in the back of the head, and it comes out through the eye. And they're using was that a laser pointer? A laser pointer no, will no, do that to you? A, no, it's not a laser pointer. But the laser, if, if they point a laser pointer at you, they can get your exact location. And most of this targeting requires pinpoint precision. Like right. They use a millimeter. 
they use a millimeter camera. I see it blink off. As a matter of fact, sometimes if I catch them at it, I can see them through it. It's kind of like a two-way street. Yeah, no, I've been able to see through my perp's brains as well. I always remind them of that when they're targeting me. But it's a two-way street. The only thing I could think of that this spark is, is, is in a um, file that I read to Congress that David Schreiner was up there talking about it, was he talked about a spark gap device, which is what uh, automobile, um, what do you call them, that gives off the spark. Spark plug, that's a spark gap device. I think this is the same type of thing. And the reason it came across the street and hit me is because they had posted charge on my body. And that's why it was finding me wherever I was going. It's a possibility or it was done to image you or the third possibility. um, Actually, I wanted to finish up on... uh, uh, yeah, the third possibility is that there, there, there's somebody um, on the other side of you that could be miles away that they're coupling to, and that way they can direct the energy directly through your body. Um, oh, no, he's only two houses away in in his no, house. They, he's got the camera. Right, but they, but they almost always work in twos, at least two. Right. Oh, yeah. And the re- reason for that is, is because one one's a transmitter or a primary coil and the other's a secondary coil. That are tuned. Well, uh, one's and, a, a watcher and the other's zoning in, you know, like a sniper. That's what I liken it to. Yeah, mm. and, and also, but if, if they're letting you see it, it's part of the program. There's no yeah, reason I know. For them to let you know. They do that to get into your head as well, right? They do that to keep no, you focused on No, no, this is... This is strictly a harassment, bone-destroying spark. I think that it's related. um, High-end athletes and people go to an orthopedic surgeon, and they have this device that will uh, destroy bone spurs on the back of the heel, and it's a spark, and I liken it to that. I was... I, I got the um, I impression that it was related to that type of a device. They also use this low frequency to heal uh, hairline fractures on high-end athletes so that they can get back in the game if they're injured like that. And because um, a certain frequency will heal the bone, a certain frequency will destroy bone. And this spark will definitely destroy bone. And that's what I know about it. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, the best thing to do is figure out a way to measure what's happening and document the measurement and the direction it's coming from with like a video camera. I know exactly Um, where it's coming from. I have got it on video camera, but, you know, I've got so much video. No, the video is to document the measurement. So... In order to gather evidence, you have to have unchallengeable evidence, right? So you want to be right. able to you want to be able to measure the energy that's coming from your neighbor, and you want to be able to document that you measured that energy coming 
from your neighbor. How can you measure a tiny spark like this? I mean... With a spectrum analyzer, like like Neil was talking about earlier? the, The spark would have to hit the spectrum analyzer. No, no, the spark is just the center of the energy, right? It's a sphere. It goes out in all directions, and as it gets farther and farther away, it drops below the visible spectrum. You can't see it anymore. So if you're seeing a spark, that's the very center of the ball of energy. Okay. If you see a continuous light that's really tiny, then that's a laser where they've used a waveguide to focus it. Otherwise, if you're seeing a spark from a spark gap, that's just the center of where the energy is, and it goes out in all directions for thousands of miles. But as it gets farther and farther away, it becomes less and less strong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So what I recommend you do is is, uh, not just videotape your neighbor aiming this at you or if he's got some device on the house, but you have to also be able to document what it is that's coming into your property. If you can document what's coming into your property and where it's coming from, then you have a strong legal case. I have no case. I try. I, uh, <clears throat> I even got another TI. Uh, I sent a video to that had a pulse coming from my perp's house to my house. I sent it to a lawyer in Boston. You know what she told me? She said, what you have to get is you have to have a video of this spark coming from this man's hand, and you have to have a picture of it hitting you. And that's impossible because it goes through walls. He doesn't do this from his hand. He does it from behind his fence. He does it from his window. Impossible to get. No, no, it's not impossible. Every every event is is measurable. You just have to have. I have videos. I have several videos on pulses that have come through my fence. To go back to what the lawyer had told you, actually, you don't have to show that it actually hit you. All you have to show is that it came from your neighbor's house. It was this frequency at this intensity. And the effect on my body was this. And so if you can, um, like I, I have a heart rate monitor as an, as an app on a cell phone that I use. If you can show that like your heart rate jumped, which you could document with video, when this thing went off across the street, then you've established the causality. So you don't have to actually show that it hit you. You don't have to have video showing it hitting you. You just have to be able to prove that your body was affected by what came from your neighbor's house. Then you have a legal case. Even if it's, it made you nauseous, if you suddenly had to run to the bathroom because of it, if you saw a red spot on your body after being in front of it, even if you're in your own home and it's coming from across the street and you have some kind of meter that de- demonstrates that it came from across the street, that it came into your house and affected you, and you document how it affected you, now we have a strong case. If we can get all TIs to do that, then we have a federal case. You make it sound so simple. 
I mean, and that right there. I don't mean to. I don't mean to make it sound simple, but no, I'm it not is. saying. No, no, no. The, that was exactly it. That's exactly the three things that you have to do. And I correct. think what Neil was talking about, the spectrum analyzer with the, I don't know, the other uptake thing, you know, and the <laughs> antenna. If we, <laughs> if we could all have just a very simplified version of here's what you need to buy. And you know what I'm saying? What you just laid out was very simple and easy to understand. And that's really the bottom line. That it, it, it came from there. It had this effect on me. And like I said, you're showing cause and effect is, is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, you, you don't even, yeah, in, in so fact, that was it. spot on. You don't, yeah. even, you don't even have to show that your neighbor pointed it at you. He right. could be not at home. It's emitting from his house. Yes, it's, 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 it's damage to you that's being caused by your neighbor's property. That's his liability. So you have a strong yeah. civil case then. How that water sign um, lady in California here won hers. It came from, well, she, she proved that it came well, from keep, that. Keep in mind, she didn't win anything. Well, she, she no, got a judge to listen to her. The- she got a hearing officer to listen to her, which is a major step forward for us. But I... I I hesitate to say that she she didn't actually win anything. She didn't get anything from the court except some encouragement, which is good. Well, she goes but, back uh, on the fifth because I think she yes. refiled and they told her you need to sue him for negligence was the well, bottom no, no. line. She just, she just needs to, yeah, bring a tort case against him. And I think and, that's what happened. And happens. again, it comes back to, yeah, a tort, a tort case is a civil case, not a criminal case. You don't want to start with criminal cases because they're just much harder to prove Plus, you have to get 12 people on a jury to agree with you. In, in a civil case, you only need a majority of the jury, and you're only seeking economic damages. So that's the first place to start. Also, like a restraining order saying, I don't want this guy aiming this thing at me anymore. You can probably convince a judge of that if you can pr- provide evidence that shows that it emanated from his house, it came into your property, and caused you f- physical damage. But you have so to be able to document all of those things so that when his lawyer or his or her lawyer or they get up on the stand and say, this is a crazy lady that lives across the street from me. She's always making up wild accusations. The counter that you have to say, well, I'm not, I'm not crazy enough that I didn't document what happened. And here's my evidence. And then you're going to win. Because yeah, I've got, I've got a thing you can do. If you get... I have a um, uh, a high-end recorder with a contact microphone. I can I can record my heartbeat when it when it races. I can record the gurgling sounds in my stomach. So those are the types of things you can turn in as evidence. There's not exactly. I mean, I'm, yeah, those kind of things would um, they would show that this is not normal and this is loud and this is annoying and this is this person is. And it's the it's from energy coming from over you know over there. And Dave, I wanted to ask you about that um, directional meter that I you know that one I use. Why couldn't you take a video of yourself using it, pointing it at the house where the energy is coming from, and then you know submitting that proof plus plus um, you know the the microphone recorded sounds. Well, see, like I, like I had mentioned once before, is it, numbers work best because it's something everybody can look at and, and argue whether it's a high number or a low number. 
Mm-hmm. Without numbers, then there's no base. There's no common basis for people, including judges, lawyers, juries. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm recommending using apps that have numbers. So there's nothing wrong with the app that you have, but all you can show is that the lines align, and your argument is that when the lines align, that points at the direction of where it's coming from. And oh, okay, but it does have numbers um, anyway. But uh, well, it does have numbers. Yeah, yeah. as long as you have numbers, it, like I say, numbers are great because it's it's something that we all have in common, right? We all understand numbers. If if I say, mm-hmm. you know, normally it's fifty, and suddenly it went to a hundred, people will understand that. If you say mm-hmm. it was normal, and then it suddenly doubled, nobody knows what you're talking about, right? I understand. So, yeah. Yeah. So numbers, data is very important for anything to do with the government if we're looking for relief. And also numbers of us collecting the same data is definitive proof. Do you think it's important that we all use the same um, equipment? Because I think what what Neil and the last thing that we had, the the spectrum analyzer, the, the inexpensive one that he said was even better than the hack one or whatever that one was, that's affordable for a group of people if we were all doing the, using the exact same equipment, doing the exact same thing at the same time. Uh, do you think that that's beneficial? I think it's good. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, well, I think I think recording the same phenomena at the same time is important. How you record okay. that is probably not as important. So it wouldn't be like we all have to have exactly the same meter, but we should all have the same type of meter. With the same unit. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exactly the same unit, um, but we all have to be measuring the same thing. Mm -hmm. If we were all going to approach this together, it would be much easier to explain one piece of equipment and have than having, you know what I'm saying? Is it calibrated? Is it this? Is it that? And all that. uh, Who's going to make that decision, though? Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to. Next time you have. Next time you had a loss, after, after the first person had one, then you could okay. well, refer to the, other, <laughs> to the other's lawsuit and, and forward, and everybody would under, understand the same um, meter. To yes, me, it makes it it's almost like having a control group or a focus group that's going to commit to doing this. You know, they're going to spend a hundred bucks. They're going to do this, and we're all going to, you know, we're all going to be data logging everything in the exact same way and recording. There was, um, I don't know. Somebody's on the call and they said that they actually taped a Sony recorder to their chest and had a BP cuff on so that at night when it was happening, they were actually recording, the, um, they had a camcorder going too, the increase, you could hear it, the, uh, the rapid heart beating that took place at the same time that the signal was coming in and then he would take his blood pressure also and he was recording that too. So the directional was, microphone works great for that. Yeah, yeah you could, yeah. exactly. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, contact, contact microphone. Well, yeah, there's, so we could there's a lot of ways of, of of measuring what's happening to you. Um, the hard part is always measuring what's causing it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so like so I that said, was my my, microwave will have have an effect on your body, so that's a good place to start. That's why we keep talking about these spectrum analyzers because they will detect microwave. But and doesn't the antenna that he was talking about and um, won't it trace it back to its source? There was three different antennas, and one of them was a little more expensive. Neil, are you still there? 
Yeah, I'm here. Oh, hi. The antenna. I don't know that it would trace it back to its source, but it would certainly give you a direction rather than... Like a trifield meter will tell you what's happening, and it's measuring in all three axes, right? X, Y, and Z. So it doesn't really tell you where it's coming from, what direction it came from. It just tells you what intensity it is where you're standing and holding the meter. And what Neil was talking about, I believe, was using like a directional antenna so that you could narrow it down to what direction it's coming from. But again, that doesn't necessarily prove that that's the, the source is across the street, right? It could be 10 miles away in that direction. And so, so what you need to yeah. do is, that, that's why um, I advocate portable, but if you have a, a laptop, you can walk around the neighborhood with the laptop. Um, like I say, it's, it's always best to try and go behind where you think it's coming from and see if it still points back at that house. And, and you know, go north, south, east, west, the four points of the compass, and it should always point back to the same location. If you can do that, then you've proven that that's the source. So, you know, that's exactly what we all need to do. We need a step-by-step, a group of people that's going to commit to doing that. And the the thing that Neil was talking about is for your laptop, right? You download the yeah. app, you put it on your converter, and... You buy the antenna, and we're all roaming around the neighborhoods with our laptops and yes. our tinfoil hats. And our tinfoil hats. <laughs> and our directional antennas. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget the video cameras. And, and a wearing... camera on our back. Well, Why not? it's kind of a joke, but, uh, you know, I wear a body camera all the th- as much as I can. Um, I take readings in my cube at work four or five times a day. Um, body cameras. Okay. Yeah, and I try to be quick about it because I know they can see through my eyes and they'll turn it off as soon as they see me pull my meters out. Um, okay. One of the nice things about the RF Explorer is that, you know, it, it, it holds the peak reading. So if it happens, I mean, I can't say when it happened, but I can say how high it was in my location, you know, during the time that I was scanning. Just don't well, all no. this. You can't you just let me go now? Can't you just let me go now? Well, you've you've tried to ruin me in every way you can think of. I can watch it now. Let me go, please. What? You have tried to ruin me in every single way you can think of. This is We're here for you. Don't. Watch you. Okay. It's okay. We're here to help you. You're not alone. You still there? Can anyone hear me? Can you guys hear me? I was worried about the woman. I had it on mute. She didn't hear me either. I just wanted to know that we're here for you, and I'm really sorry that she's having such a hard time. Yeah, let us know what's going on. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Is that you, Linda? It's me. Oh, I thought it might be you, but... Your voice sounded different. Linda, Linda? No, Linda Costanza. There's a few Lindos. I call her uh, Southern California Linda. Was that you? It's me. It's me. They are. 
doing really, really just, it's like they're trying to figure out every every single way that somebody could help me and destroy it. And um, I, I'm, I don't even know. They've just gone through my mind and gone through all my memories and tried to find every way in which I've ever gotten help medically or spiritually or anything and just tried to destroy it. And um, so that that's never some kind of option in the future. And just, I don't know, everything is just in really bad shape. I'm in really bad shape. Maybe you're in the right place. Well, I don't really feel like there is any right place. They're doing, they've done really weird things in my brain. They've just done things really weird to me. And um, I'm just a lot of weird neuroscience and just, I just don't hear other TIs talking about it. And, well, I, um, I can I can talk to that if you want. Um, they do the same to me. They plant memories in me. They control my movements. They see everything I see. Linda, this is the guy I was telling you about that had a similar experience as you. Okay. I don't know if you remember. It happens to me all the time. And, and, and I, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but it was just recently one of the mass shootings. One of the victim's families said, and I quote, I won't give you my hate. Keep that in mind. Yeah. So they're messing with you, and but don't don't let them win. You have to keep up the fight. Well, don't I, give them I your hate. Don't let them I, have I, it. I don't feel like I've done that. What I, what I feel like has happened is that they went and they found a really weird group that actually takes a person and then they. They remove the person from their body, and I don't mean just just remove them. I mean they remove them, remove them from that. Yeah. From the, yeah. And, where you where you're laying in bed, looking at yourself, laying in bed. Yeah, yeah. So they they've done that, and then they've put they they put themselves in my body instead. And so I'm uh, kind of, that's just but that's, cloning. But it's an illusion. It's an illusion. Yeah. They do the same to me. Cloning. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's all mesmerism. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I can, yes or no, but they do have a, a, a lot more control since whatever this happened. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I understand because I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I think uh, Dave is up they, there with they us. They control yeah. me anytime they want to, but I won't give up the fight, and I won't give them my hate. Yeah. In fact. If, if you've done any, if, if, I'll be honest with you. I'm a Christian myself, and uh, they hate prayer. They absolutely hate it. It drives them crazy. So when, when they start coming after me, I start praying. First they try to ridicule me for it, and then they'll actually decouple or leave me alone until I can finish, or they try their best to make me stop. Uh-huh. I'll be saying the same prayers I've said since I was a kid, and I won't be able to remember the next line. But I don't let that bother me. I just start over again. Uh huh. So whatever they're trying to make you do, don't do it. Yeah, I, I, 
Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. I tried. Sometimes yeah. you spend so three I... hours driving around the Bay Area when you're supposed to be at a meeting. <laughs> um, right. Right. That just happened to me recently. I ended up in San Francisco and they're trying to go to Richmond. Um, right. Yeah, they they definitely do. Yeah, I mean, they, they changed. What I saw for a freeway sign was not was on the sign, but I, I know for sure where I saw what I saw. Right, right. Um, I know they do that. They do that to me. They do that to yes. me. And they, tr- and they put thoughts in your head. They make you do things you don't want to do. Um, but keep in mind that you, you are you, no matter what they do. Even if they kick you out of your own body, it doesn't make any difference. You're still you. You're still there. You might be out of your body for a while, but you're still there. Don't let them have that. Well, they they've done some kind of weird weird thing along those lines, or they've tried to purge me out of my body, out of my tissue with chemicals and 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 purging processes and just weird weird kinds of things where they squeeze me until everything inside of me comes out and then and then um then they try to put all this weird dark occult stuff in. I'm really um so I'm I'm just in some kind of weird um process that I, I don't know if there sounds like you're in the Bay Area and I'm I'm down down south that this group is a is a black sorcerer group. And so they do a lot of weird black sorcery kinds of things that just they don't care if I if I pray. They they feel like they can storm into a church and curse and attack everyone there. I mean that's their reality. They don't care what you do. They're like oh, no, they, they, they do they do that all the time, Don't and Ruff. Yeah. Stormed yeah. into a church and killed nine parishioners. And had no history of, of racial hatred. But they made him do it. Because right. he, he gave up. And the rest of us can't do that. I don't know. Never give up hope. I'm not saying that I... I know it's easy to say, but... It, yeah. It's, it's the, only thing, the only reason I'm still alive. Um, Can we get back to talking about Wi-Fi? Um, in, in a minute. No. I, I, I what do you mean no? Well, no. Why can't I talk about Wi-Fi? Why not? We're listening to Linda. Because I'd like to finish up with Linda. Yeah. This Is woman she... has been on here many, many times it, with the same question. Okay. Really that's appropriate. We have to put people's, you know, we have to support. When someone's in a, a place like this, we do have to support, and that's how what I feel, and it's my call. So I'm going to say that we should support her. Well, how come you guys never supported me when I needed it? You always just muted me and told me to get lost. I wasn't even here, Barbara. I would never. Should I act crazy and come out with crazy bullshit like this so you pay attention to me? Right now, it's about Linda. You know I'd be there for you. I'm a different person, and I don't know who ever muted you. I didn't mute you. Um, You know that. I'm very supportive of you, too. But Linda's struggling, you know. She really is. And if you can't she's hear She's been it, on here struggling many, many, many times. Same bullshit. she's got a bad program, and we need to support her. And we're taking well, away from her right now. It's Tell her to use wants, some psychology. You know, she wants to, she's, she's got to toughen up 
going to toughen up or die. That's the alternative. Sorry. Wow. Well, actually, um, let, let me just finish up with Linda real quick. Um, tr- try some uh, spiritual meditation music. I've mentioned this before. Listen to white noise. Um, do anything you can to block them from your mind. Um, use headphones. Listen to the solfagio frequencies. There's all kinds of uh, YouTube videos that you can listen to them. Um, they work for me. Unfortunately, the guy that made them, I found out now, is dead. Uh, he was a fellow TI. Um, but he, he left us behind some help. So uh, look, look for, on YouTube for, for sounds like that. Um, they, they really do work. Um, and if you get a good set of headphones, you can block this out. So the next time you're in a crisis like this, put on the headphones, listen to the tones, focus on the tones, don't let them get into your mind. Just keep your mind focused on the tones. It's like a meditation. Linda, okay. Linda, yeah. this is Ellen. Ellen, hi. Ella and I were talking, and I said, oh, my God, where is she? What's happening? Because the first thing I want to do when we find her is slap a set of headphones on her head. <laughs> told her. And, I told Linda that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Right? No, do you want really, me to yeah. I'd be happy to buy it for you. I could just order something off of Amazon and have it mailed to wherever you're at. Yeah, Do you have and, a- and, and, and also, um, if, if you have the same effect, if, if they're doing to you what they do to me, which is see through my eyes, close your eyes. Uh-huh. Sometimes you'll even feel the, the, the break, the disconnect, when they disconnect from your mind. Close your eyes, listen to the meditation music especially the sulfagio frequencies, the 528, 724. There's, there's a bunch of them. No, is actually better at this than I am as far as what the numbers are. Um, yeah. But they're the natural frequencies of the atoms in your body. And so you want to get back to that natural state. You've been pushed out of your natural state. You need to heal yourself, pull yourself back to its natural state. And then uh, I've got about five more minutes I can talk about Wi-Fi, and then I have to go because, unfortunately, I have to get up and go to work in a few hours. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to finish up real briefly on Wi-Fi. There's a new one that's come out um, where they're going to put little Wi-Fi all over your house because some people, you know, if you have one Wi-Fi router, um, but they're lower intensity, and it creates a whole mesh. And so we're going to start seeing that everywhere now. And what the Wi-Fi is primarily for is for identifying where you are. So they can use Wi-Fi to see exactly where you are, exactly where you are. Then they come in with the directed energy and and hit the nerve in your foot. Um, In my case, they always every night I go through the five wounds: the hands, the feet, the left side. Um, So they do that every night, and they're they're just mapping me out. And then they hit the beam in the, in, on one of those nerves. They can use the nerves to get into my head because I try and protect my head. So Wi-Fi is dangerous because it's imaging. Another thing I've recently discovered with Wi-Fi, um, there's a really good app out there called Wi-Fi Radar for Android because um, it's directional. It's great. So many of the new smartphones have what they call um, hotspot for them, right? So you can make your phone a local Wi-Fi hotspot. And I have a house in the country myself. Normally there's no Wi-Fi there. Um, Over the weekend I was up north, and I was seeing mobile Wi-Fi. I was seeing Wi-Fi signals all around me, 
and every time I'd refresh and check, they would be in a different location. Obviously, it's somebody walking around with a cell phone, and so the perps use Wi-Fi to communicate with each other, and I think they also try and tune me so they can use the Wi-Fi in me as well. So I, to, just to finish up on Wi-Fi, keep in mind it's a standard. It's not anything special. It's just a group of frequencies and a limited amount of intensity for the broadcast. Otherwise, it's just a radio wave, just like all other radio waves. The Wi-Fi radar, that allowed you to see where the signals were, right? Yeah, it's, that's the name of the app. It's called Wi-Fi Radar. And uh, it, it'll show you, on, like on a compass, where, the, where they are and the intensity of them. And okay. uh, it'll also tell you what channel they're on. And if, they've named, if, they've put, if they're broadcasting their name, you'll also get the name of the Wi-Fi. So it'll say, like, cell spot or Dave, FU. I downloaded that app. I downloaded that app. Uh, I don't have a compass in my Android phone, but it did analyze the Wi-Fi around me, giving each one a certain color. One uh, group had no name like yours, but also the signal from this uh, no-name person was very, very strange. It was very different from everybody else's. And I'm wondering if you can send me your email. I would like to send you this um, snapshot I took of this. And maybe you could explain it to me. My email is memoir65 at yahoo.com. Okay. I don't have a pen handy. Hang on a second. Everybody else's signal was L and L, and this, it went the whole length of the analysis, and it had square shoulders, both top and bottom. Um, Yeah, so one of the things I've noticed, too, is you'll you'll see that, so a Wi-Fi signal normally doesn't go off. When, when it's when it's broadcasting and it's not transmitting data, it'll show up as like a straight line. And uh, if it's actually transferring data, it'll look like a sine wave somewhat. It'll be like a squiggly right. line, right? Right. So, well, so it goes up and it's square on the, the top, to... goes down and square on the bottom. And then it goes across the entire graph that way. I'll send it to you. M E M O I R sixty five at yahoo dot com. Okay, I've got my pen now. M E M O I R O I R sixty five. Sixty. Yeah, sixty five oh. at yahoo dot com. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Thanks. Dave. Just one second. Um, could you take my name, my uh, email address too, and sure. email me something so I'll have your email address? I I think I've got it, but I'm not sure. So it's um, well. I, I I can give. I'll, well, I hesitate to do this, but sure. I'll I'll just give you my email. It's a is an apple five seven Dave at Gmail. Okay. A57 Dave. Is that a 
uppercase A? All lowercase. A57 Dave at what? Gmail. Gmail, okay. Yeah. And you can send me email there. Um, Not too much, though. (laughs) I I kind of get overloaded like Neil does. Um, But, yeah, you can send me email, and uh, and I can get back to you. And, yeah, if you want me to take a look at the the graph you're seeing. Um, So if you have that app, when you, when you load it up, you can, uh, you know, there's the, the menu that pops up. Um, give me just a second and I'll turn mine on. So it's you're, you're doing what? the analyze. I'm sorry, what? Right. I did the analyze. A what? A, a what? Your email. Oh, well, my email is A as an apple, 57. 57, okay. Yeah, Dave. And if Dave. if you have the if you have the Wi-Fi radar app open, and you click on the three bars, and it comes up and says Main Actions, and you want to click Radar Scan, and then you have to set the phone down like on a flat surface and rotate it as it goes around and try and keep it synchronized. And once you've done that, then you'll get a map of where the where the actual locations are. Oh my God, they're attacking my dog. Um, I don't have a compass on my phone. No, no, I mean the app has the compass. So once you've done the scan, it'll show you like a compass. And it'll show you the direction of where the Wi-Fi signals are coming from. Oh, oh, okay. And, and it'll I also thought... show you like, like little bars on each Wi-Fi to show you the intensity of the signal. Right, I got that. That's the analyze, right? No, the analyze is different. The analyze will show you the actual uh, signal waves. So I'm right. doing an analyze right now. And then uh, there's it, a little refresh at the top. You can continually. Wow. It, mine's a mess. <laughs> like I say, well, it tells me I can't use it because I don't have a compass in this phone. Oh, or oh on the phone. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, so yeah, some of these apps require um, the, the right sensors on the phone. Right, um, and I don't have it. But it will analyze it. It will show me the graph. Yeah, We're using okay, what? Which is kind of interesting. I have 24 right now showing up. Oh, wow. 24 what? 24 Wi-Fi People. signals. Mm. I have 24 different Wi-Fi signals coming into my house right now. And that's actually right. the low end. Although it's kind of interesting, um, the the one that shows up, well, I have a couple of them that show up with no name on it, which you can actually do. You can you can program your Wi-Fi router not to broadcast the name. Um, but occasionally it'll show up as uh, um, NSA Van 24. It's a little ah. joke for me. <laughs> Um, I even took a picture of that one time because it it actually made me laugh. So yeah, the, so the wi- the Wi-Fi, like I say, um, I, I, I've also seen like at work, I'll see an array of like four or five Wi-Fi's on one side of my cube, and then just the company Wi-Fi on the other side, and uh, just like the Harp array, 
you can take Wi-Fi, which is a fairly weak signal by law. But if you are, if if you get four people all broadcasting on the same channel, the same frequencies, that's four times as powerful as a single Wi-Fi. You get ten people with Wi-Fi all aiming at you. Now you're getting up into low end, um, like uh, neighborhood radio stations. And oh again, wow! So it's it's all cumulative. Like I say, it, so there's the the constructive. Right, if they're all in phase, they're all broadcasting the same frequency. There's the constructive interference, and so now the amplitude is four times as high as it was before, and it's four t- four times over the legal limit. But again, that's so, what I was asking earlier. Yeah, so it, it, an individual Wi-Fi is is limited in range and intensity, but like I say, it, there's nothing to prevent people from arraying it, and since most of the modern High-end cell phones, smartphones, can also act as Wi-Fi hotspots. They're now able to broadcast in Wi-Fi at much higher intensity than if you were just using your phone to connect through Wi-Fi. Well, guys, my phone's about to die, and I know you have to go. So, do you want to give any kind of closing advice or anything before we before we end the call? Um, yeah, just just quite simply, don't give up. And don't give them your hate. Yeah, that's good advice. And best, thank you. Best thing to do is I laugh really at them. Appreciate you coming on the call. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sure. And I'll be back here on Thursday. We're going to have the rocket scientist back, Ed Gillum, who's going to teach us about the Audacity program and how to record uh, information and create evidence. That's what we need, some evidence. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, evening. Ella. Thank, thank you, Dave. You're welcome. And Linda, call me anytime. Yeah, Dave, are you on the calls very often or not? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.